If I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning, I'd hammer in the evening, all over this land. I'd hammer out danger, I'd hammer out warning, I'd hammer out love between my brothers and my sisters, all over this land. Hello, welcome to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast for Thor Ragnarok. My name is Tom Chick. I am here with Christian Marlowski. You know what we call Marowski, the stupid podcaster. <laughs> and with a Thor Ragnarok set of taglines, Kelly Wand. Goldblum's best since Resurgence. He was in that? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Goldblum was in Resurgence, question mark. That's way the wrong punctuation. Not what it was called. It was not called Resurgence. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, Independence Day Resurgence, wasn't yeah, it? That's what? what it was called. It wasn't just called Resurgence. Uh, <laughs> that's the part you're taking issue with? I'm sorry. Yep. Goldblum's best since Independence Day, colon, Resurgence. Thank Question you very much. Kelly, give us one that will be less confusing to Dingus. <laughs> well, that's a pretty high bar, but... <laughs> it's a low bar, actually. Stan Lee's best... <laughs> and I feel finally, like yeah, go ahead. Yep. Most exciting retelling of Norse legends since the Snowman. <laughs> Dear Mr. God. This is the same month the movie's going, Thor and Snowman. Just remember that later. Oh, well, Dingus, tell us a little bit about the movie, spoiler-free, before we get into a synopsis, in case there are people listening who haven't seen it yet and who are wondering what this is all about. I wonder what they think before I see it. This week we saw Thor colon Ragnarok, a 2017 American action-adventure fantasy comedy superhero Marvel Comics franchise sequel movie, the 17th movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe about disco pants and haircuts. It was directed by... Taika Waititi, and written by Eric Pearson, Craig Kyle, and Christopher Yost, based on the comics by Stan Lee, Larry <laughs> Lieber, and Jack Kirby. It stars Rachel House, Tessa Thompson, Taika Waititi, Chris Hemsworth, and Tom Hiddleston, and others I don't want to spoil for those who care. Uh, Thor Ragnarok is rated PG-13. Hmm, I don't know about that. Thor. Not Thor, but four intense sequences of sci-fi violence and action and brief suggestive material. <laughs> they don't mention the drinking? Nope. Oh, that's right. Tom's issue. Yep. I think Wait, the suggestive it, material is a couple of masturbation jokes. I don't yeah, think alcohol is a ratings reason, is it? I've never seen oh, it's got alcohol use. Or does nope. it? I can't remember. It's a tobacco only, even yep. though that's legal. Too. So it's very arbitrary. Just like movie ratings, if you will. Arbitrary. Hmm. Uh, Kelly One, do you feel that they missed out on anything for the Thor Ragnarok rating? I would caution families. There's not enough blood. Um, some property damage and cool music. So don't bring uh, daughters. Thor Ragnarok 
opened at number one, of course. It did $121 million. It very, did very well for, uh, for Disney. On Metacritic, the average rating from various reviews you is – is that Ryan Gosling? What was yeah, that? Yeah, he's upset. That Gosling. He's really oh, Blade bad. Runner. Right, right. Blade, Blade Runner is yeah. continuing to tank. Right. Yeah. yeah he's That's three hours, too. What? What's the difference? <laughs> uh, well, critics really did. If you look at the number of them who approved of Thor Ragnarok, it was comparable to Blade Runner. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's 93%. Uh, Metacritic rating is 73. Cinema score, of course they gave it an A. What else are they going to do? Cinema score did exactly what they're supposed to do. <laughs> See, when the critics love something, it doesn't make money. Everyone goes, the critics are out of touch. But then when they are the same, no one goes, See, critics are awesome. They like Thor. Should critics be in touch? I don't, this whole idea that a critic should be That's in what I'm touch saying. makes no sense. Right. It doesn't. No. Yeah. A critic is not a poll. Exactly. Critic, yeah. So, Kelly Wand, I, I want to talk about this movie, but first, I want you to spoil it for everyone out there by telling them everything that happens. Don't miss anything in the Thor Ragnopsaurus. Oh, so close. But you got distracted thinking about rhinoceroses. I, <laughs> I love thinking about rhinoceroses. All right, so what, yeah, so uh, what, what, what do you got? What is it called then? How close was I? Thor Ragnaropsis. I think that's exactly what I said. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm pat myself say? on the back. We'll call it a tie. <laughs> See, mm, very nice. I that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, he's our Goldblum. Some, some script pages from Ghost Rider and Batman v Superman, interspersed with fleeting shots of various Marvel characters shooting CG from their hands, turn into blazing adamantium letters that spell out Marvel. A Warner Brothers exec in the row ahead of me stands up and goes, Boo! DC's an exciting word! Thor is chained up in a cage in hell with a skeleton. <clears throat> That's right, it's me, Thor. I'm chained in a cage. Comedy. He looks around to make sure no one's listening in except the skeleton and whispers to us, I told them I want to do a fury road and just be chained up and looking annoyed for the first hour, but they told me they needed the cage to keep standing. Skeleton yawns. Although it sounds unduly laborious, the devil hangs Thor's chain from a stalactite somewhere up on the roof, I guess, so he's dangling. Thor spins slowly around on his chain while the devil excitedly says stuff about doom. After a few minutes of this, Thor is all, Hang on, I'm off screen again, and the camera angle's on me feet! Oh. <laughs> Devil's all, <clears throat> You weren't hilarious in the first two movies. Is this because Downey's leaving? Yep, now we're all funny. <laughs> Maybe you hear Invisible Girl's bit about answering machines. Mole man cometh. Spoiler alert, it is a double entendre. He spins around slowly, Savor. The Warner Brothers nebbish in front of me stands up again and goes, Slow? You guys like slow? That's great. We could have Affleck beat a tire with his hammer in slow motion, if you want, in his Daredevil costume. That's Marvel. Uh, also, the word Martha is half the word Marvel, so... <laughs> The devil waits for this guy to sit back down, then looks at Thor and goes, uh, <clears throat> This is a crown and not part of my head, FYI. It's just the same color. Wait, where's my brain? I know that feeling. Also, this silver lining. 
<laughs> also, this silver thing with wings on the sides of me head isn't a crown, but it's my actual hair. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> Suddenly, the audience is bored. So Thor breaks his chain, sticks his hand out, goes, Mjolna to me for glory. And then he has to wait a couple minutes before his hammer arrives. Beside me, the German cosplay is the little girl from Adventures in Babysitting who is obsessed with Thor is all ha huh, he had to wait a few seconds after he said something cool and then he made funny impatient faces until his hammer came I hope this is recycled at least once in this that is so small <laughs> wow look at her and go wait so Thor is a Norse god but you guys can't pronounce T-H Tom's all Ask her to say anything. A black lady's <laughs> The audience applauds while Tom takes a bow and they all hit it with tomatoes. He's all, see, now these tomatoes are red because they're saying my rotten tomato score is 74. <laughs> Tom, you came to Germany. It was great hanging out with you. <laughs> Sorry about the messy laundry. Eventually, Thor's CG-shaped masonry utensil arrives and a Led Zeppelin song plays while CG fights itself. The song's called The Immigrant Song, which makes sense since Thor's an immigrant. Beside me, Superman, another immigrant, stands up and goes, uh, Yeah, Marvel, <clears throat> uh, I did this make the bad guys think I'm powerless bluff in Superman 2. <laughs> Richard Pryor did it to me in 3. Even I had no answer for DOS. Thor tricks the devil by killing him off screen, which makes some more tiny, ineffectual orcs show up belatedly to get hit by Thor. <laughs> Thor looks at it, winks with both eyes, and goes, I guess you could say this devil's now more like deviled eggs. Get the yolk. He uses his hammer to fly up to some ground. Okay, Heimdall, me up. In the Asgard Rainbow Bridge Portal Wormhole Control Room, a bald medieval man with machine guns looks at some cave women, I think, are drinking coffee, and he's all, I think I was in the last movie. That's why Idris Elba's in a forest. Not sure. Couldn't sit through Dark World to the end. I think my name's Scourge with K and a J because my character's a poor speller. The cave women shrug and walk off. <laughs> he shrugs, looks at us and goes, uh, yeah, so since me comic book handles the executioner, I'm in charge of ignoring any voices I hear coming out of this rainbow bridge control panel asking me to beam them up. That's me specialty. The cave women return and start listening curiously. Suddenly, Thor tricks Scourge by just showing up anyway, because he didn't really need Scourge's help to get there. <laughs> Thor's all, Damn it, Heimdall, I had to take the Rainbow Bridge through Candyland just to get here. That plumpy won't be having children anytime soon. Hey, you're white and bald now with machine guns. About time. The cave women leave again, so Thor flies to a balcony where Loki, disguised as Kevin Spacey, sits in a toga eating grapes. <laughs> <laughs> too soon, while he and a crowd of extras watch some nearby teenagers do a school play about shit that happened in Dark World. <laughs> After reenacting Loki's death scene, <laughs> Thor grabs him and goes, You idiot, that was the worst dialogue I've ever heard, and I'm Thor! One of the Asgardian spectators dressed like a Warner Brothers executive is all, Ha ha, Dark World! Thor flings his hammer at some mountains, holds Odin in front of him and goes, Right, I know who you really are. Turn back into you or my hammer will come flying back and hit us both in the face. Bet these people here wouldn't want to pay money to see that. <laughs> Last second, Odin turns into Loki. 
The Asgardian crowd loses interest and disperses to go look at the cave women. Thor's all, uh, I thought you were a mistake. Wait, can you just turn in a mistake? It's not incest if one of us is adopted. I'll take uh, Lawrence, Ramjin, or Cummings. <laughs> Complex joke. Loki's all. Speaking of which, uh, watching High Rise made Taylor Swift horny. We were about to have sex, but Kanye showed up and threw her out of bed. Yeah, well, while you were screwing around with Kanye in school plays, I made Ghostbusters. Now, where's Hopkins? <laughs> Let me take this rubble in New York. They look at it for a while. Or is all. Well, at least he had a nice view. Do you think he's still in there? Loki is all. Well, they admitted him even though he was an immortal Asgardian with no identification of any kind. So, despite them being in street clothes, since I guess they didn't want to be recognized, a couple soccer moms instantly show up to take a selfie with them. One pinches Thor's cheek sympathetically and goes, Sorry, Portman got sick of these. <laughs> Thor is all. She didn't get sick of these. I got sick of these. It was a mutual sick of these. Which one of us is in a minutes? Huh? Never forget. <laughs> Never forget. 9-11. Suddenly, much to the apathy of hundreds of nearby passersby, some portals in the sidewalk engulf them. They find themselves in Doctor Strange's bathroom. <laughs> yes, I'm in this. My job Marvel you. <laughs> Get other superheroes out of the city, especially members of federally funded supergroups who've been AWOL for years. Why'd you turn your hand into an umbrella? It's not raining. <laughs> Speaking of which, I left it upstairs. He raises his head and we listen to his hammer break stuff upstairs on its slow way to his hand. <laughs> Dr. Strange. Didn't Downey do that gag with his hand in Iron Man 3? <laughs> the Warner Brothers. Guys, all, ha ha! <laughs> Some points. Thor's all. Hey, you're a wizard. Me dad was in a retirement home. Doctor Strange casts a next scene spell, and Thor and Loki hop sitting on the cliff, <laughs> staring at water, doing nothing. Thor's all. He hasn't changed a bit. That's unfortunate. Hopkins is all. By the way, I fucked your mother once, and she gave birth to the goddess of death. So naturally, we decided to keep going. And had you. Which one of you is adopted? <sighs> he turns into yellow dust CG, making them cough and spit, but also euphoric for a few minutes, and then just irritable for two hours. While Thor rubs his teeth with his finger, he hits something with his hammer, which makes his and Loki's clothes CG into their superhero costumes. Because their dad just died. Time to get out of the windbreakers. Kate Blanchett goes, If you thought my telepathy and crystal skull was mostly unexplored, she shatters Thor's umbrella with her hand CG, chases them up a rainbow, and then sends them into a black hole that leads to a trash world ruled by Jeff Goldblum, whose left act administrates junkyards and stage gladiator fights for homeless people. <laughs> Thor's imprisoned in a roller coaster, which I guess he can't 
break out of, and Willy Wonka music plays while a voice is all, Welcome to Jeff Goldblum Junkyard World number 98. Congratulations. These are some mountains. This is some CG Disney also used in Wally. All the property of Jeff Goldblum. Defeater of Body Snatchers, The Fly, Holy Man, and Silverado. <laughs> Defeater. A hologram of Goldblum appears. That's right. I I, I own a junkyard planet in in, in in Thor Ragnarok. So so you see, it's 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 me teaching kids. It's it's teaching them recycling, and at the same time, it's it's teaching them about Norway. I I, I don't go to these places where there there are belly dancers, and 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 why couldn't I be in charge of gladiators? I I am the fly. I, I run an arm wrestling, you know, sex sex wager. Well well well, it, it's certainly a compelling, provocative, delicious to think about idea, you know, since smart people say they, they say the universe is so big, there must be something statistically it could be likely to be something happening on some other world. So why, why not, why not me in a junkyard? Why not this? To, to, to which I would say, you know, why this? <laughs> Beside me, Trump stands up and goes, what kind of wood salad was that? <laughs> Lands in some junk. He looks around and the camera pans to show that there's lots of a couple Blade Runner cars fly around in the distance doing nothing. Some homeless people from that Diana Ross movie, The Wiz, start beating Thor up with cardboard. They also put him in a net, which I guess he can't break. Suddenly a spaceship lands and a black Michelle Rodriguez in buckskins gets out. She's all, hey, that guy you're beating the shit out of in that net there seems really powerful. I'm taking him. Speaking of which, she drinks a mouthful of Zima and falls over. A German girl cosplaying as one of Odin's ravens sitting near me stands up and goes, Ha, that is like a callback to that other time when the Tom Hensvis character Thor, Thor looked the foolish. <laughs> the homeless people murmur. So Rodriguez puts gloves on her hands. that makes her spaceship kill all of them. She yawns on Thor and goes, My name's Valkyrie. In the comics, I'm blonde with metal boobs. I'm from Asgard. Wait, so shouldn't I recognize you? Here. She inserts an AA chip with prongs in it into Thor's neck, which his invulnerable skin has no answer for. Then she tasers it with CG. Meanwhile, in Asgard, Kate Blanchett makes Scourge watch as she annihilates a ceiling fresco of Odin and Thor killing stuff, revealing an older fresco of Odin and her killing stuff. <laughs> She's all, me and Dad really gave those dryads what for. Scourge is all, wouldn't the painters of the new fresco have known about the conspiracy? I mean, just make it a new ceiling. Tell me about your childhood. Well, my father was a woodchuck. Right, I'm going to stop you there. The word executive has multiple meanings. A crowd of annoyed peasants walk up. One with a pitchfork saw, hey, we like being ruled by Loki when we thought he was his gay father, but a chick with horns promising us, Vikings, unlimited conquest and pillaging? Fuck that. She kills everybody with spear CG. Then goes, Asgard has peasants? I thought it was all gods. She walks into a dungeon and admires all the CG relics Thor beat people up to collect in the last couple movies. Yes, Cosmic Cube, Ultimate Nullifier, Infinity Granules, Wanda Matakumbe, Infinity Lone Cloth, Taint of Galactus, Spleen of the Universe, Matter Eater Lad's Napkin. Ah, here we go. She takes some fire, puts it in her hand, and throws it at some coffins to make an army of CG-shaped zombies. Then she sees a giant stuffed dog and goes, Oh, Clifford, what have they done to you? 
She sets him on fire, too, which makes him alive and his eyes green. Meanwhile, in a payment room, Thor watches from an adjacent wheelchair as Goldblum melts a guy into blue CG by using a giant foam rubber toy. And goes. <laughs> People work harder when, when conditions are, when they're worse. But at, at the end of this movie, you know, we're all of us, we should have some kind of shared redemption scene. I, I, I don't think this is the right shape for a prop that would, would you know, turn someone into, into blue mulch. This, this, this round knob should be uh, bluer and maybe some, some spikes or, 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 or a tassel. Is, is my eye makeup really done? I, I feel like we only did the, the, the one eye here. Judd Hirsch, he, he was sort of my Odin in, in, in Resurgence. He's still going when they put Thor's wheelchair in front of Stan Lee with a weed whacker. Stan Lee's all, hold still, once I do your drapes, I gotta make sure your carpet matches. By the way, only my character in this is senile. Dormammu! Ditko leans over to me and goes, he's not acting. Thor is tasered by his black lady and dumped into a prison cell shaped like a donut next to a depressed gray rock monster. <laughs> the rock monster's all, Chickless wanted to play me, but he's really let himself go. <laughs> Thor tries to bravely run away, but the donut only leads off screen due to Jeff Goldblum's knowledge of magic. Thor's all. Damn, if only me and Doctor Strange had switched storylines on our movies, we'd both be done in two minutes. The rock guy's all. Yeah, it's what they all say. What is this place? The whole rest of the movie can't take place here. The black lady finds people in junkyards and brings them here to fight someone who kills them, usually in under three seconds. Never gets old. By the way, I'm starting a revolution. Why didn't this mystery warrior kill you? The rock monster shrugs. Thor's all. What's your name, at least? It shrugs again. They give Thor a cardboard shield and sword for his fight and shove him into the arena. Suddenly, the giant door on the far side of the arena is destroyed from within, which I guess happens every fight, and the Hulk comes out wearing Roman armor. Thor's all. Yes! The unpredictable monster who punched me in the face during our fight with Loki! Hulk slaps him around. They fight forever till it ends inconclusively off-screen without any injuries or consequences. When Thor wakes up, it's to see the Hulk emerging naked from a nearby sauna. Kellen Lutz taught Hulk this. <laughs> Jesus Christ, your pubes are green? Why is it hard? With new haircut, Thor remind Hulk of Scarlet. He farts destroying a wall. Listen, I say we break out of here and come save me homeworld from me sister. Then I can dump you on Earth. Remember how awesome Earth is? Wait till you see who's president. He writes just like you. <laughs> Why not ask your real friend, Banner? That nerd, his name should be Bummer. I prefer you, talking naked Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> Hulk does a Steve McQueen baseball wall thing with a decapitated head. Thor's all, wait, how come you're not turning to Bannon now? You're not angry. Hulk is like mustard. Thor like mayonnaise. Well, I, uh, I think we're both like mayonnaise. But Hulk like truffle mayonnaise. <laughs> Thor like miracle whip. What? Why? You, you know what Earth calls you? Grit without the vocabulary. Avocado Frankenstein. The poor man's Vin Diesel. Hulk gets mad and starts watching Friends. The black Michelle Rodriguez comes in and tasers Thor again. She's all, I lost a fight against your sister defending Asgard, so now I hate Asgard. Which I guess she didn't take over when we lost to her? What? Thor tricks her by hugging her. 
Ned jumps through a window and runs through crowds of extras waving Hulk pinatas around till he finds a PG-13 orgy spaceship with Scarlett Johansson stock footage in it. <laughs> Seeing her face makes the Hulk enraged, which of course <laughs> turns him into banner. The Warner Brothers execs all, uh, uh, so when the Hulk gets enraged, he turns into Banner now? Okay. <laughs> Stanley up and goes, uh, <clears throat> Superman, last survivor of Krypton. Oh, yeah, except his dog, his blonde cousin, and a thousand planets were the kryptonite. Why is he allergic to his own planet, fuckstick? They start wrestling, <laughs> Stanley flies up and drops into the Warner Brothers guy's hand, which is... Uh, screen. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the real movie, Michelle Rodriguez walks onto the spaceship and goes, you tricked me, so now I like you. <laughs> Thor's off. Me and Mark Ruffalo, from now on with the Revengers. So come on, Revengers resemble. They trick the suddenly dumber <laughs> into electrocuting himself and fly somehow to Asgard by way of CG locally referred to as the Devil's Anus, while Goldblum's populace suddenly decides they dislike him. Oh, my God. (laughs) You're almost halfway through. Jesus. What was I thinking? The Warner Brothers exec stands up and goes, Hey, guys, just a few more weeks till you guys get to see Cal Drogo as Aquaman. Huh? (laughs) He's strong. Remember when you first heard him speak English in Conan? Well, and this he says tons of it to a <laughs> Ben Affleck, which, by the way, proves Batman's not gay. So eventually he sits down again. Thor and Hulk arrive at Asgard. Idris Elba comes out of a forest with a bunch of scruffy Thunderdome kids and goes, I didn't make Dark Tower with my brain. I made it with my heart. <sighs> Thor is all, Hemsdall, you got all these civilian losers out on that flimsy bridge of yours and hope something happens. They should have called this Thor Dunkirk. He goes off to fight Blanche with a wooden sword. <laughs> Evacuation. Ragnarok. He goes off to fight Blanchett with a wooden sword and CG, while Clifford the giant dog somehow winds up on the bridge on the other side of the fleeing rabble. Ruffalo looks at Michelle Rodriguez and goes, Hey, look what I can do. He jumps out of the spaceship and falls to his death which for some reason turns him eventually into the Hulk. <laughs> Thor and Blanchett and her useless zombies fight till she cuts out Thor's eye. She's all, oh, you remind me of Dad. The Warner Brothers guy's all, and Nick Fury. <laughs> Cyclops is all, aha, he only has one eye. Thor and Blanchett fight some more, then Thor makes it rain with his eye CG and runs away. <laughs> Scourge is all, I'll hold her off, and dies instantly. I have an idea and summons the devil by using CG in the possessed hat. Then he runs away. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I understood what was going on. Then he runs away again while the devil and Blanchett fight inconclusively off screen till one of them falls on the other's hand. Thor's all, yes, we did it. Ha ha, we destroyed Asgard. Woo. <laughs> You're welcome, Asgardians. 
Loki pulls up in a giant spaceship and goes, anyone need a lift? They all fly away and watch somberly as Disney animators delete all their Asgard JPEG files. And I guess Loki <laughs> drives Joe. <laughs> Shaw Rodriguez is all. Guess now I'm 0 for 2 at saving Asgard. Thanks, Thor. Thor is all. <laughs> I said Asgard's not about CG. It's a people. There's old woman here and extra number six somewhere off camera and this weird kid and all these face CG duplicates of them we made. That's Asgard. Let's make Asgard great again. Same acronym. <laughs> An old man's all. If it's the people that matter, where's Sif? The gray rock guy's all. Where to space navigation expert Thor? Well... We could all just move into Olympus down the block. Nah, try to cost for America. They love refugees. Some words tell me who tried to keep Stan away from the interns. After all the TLDR, Goldblum walks out of a crashed spaceship, looks at some extras, and goes, So, so, so I like a pickled cucumber, a regular cucumber I'm not so interested in. I, I, I don't think I'm you know, so different than your average. You know, average. There is a, a fine line, you know, not, not, a, not a line so much between passion and, 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 and gas. They promptly reinstate him as emperor. The end. Thank you, Kelly Wand. Oh, wow. Sorry, length. I have to say that all the time, but this time I mean it. Kelly Wand, as movies get longer, synopses should get longer. Well, right. It's supposed to go with the movie. Exactly. Makes perfect sense. Movie stinks. I'm off the hook. Uh, I'm going to go first. Let's see. So my over and under are uh, colorful, goofy, world-spanning science fiction boosted by uh, a, a charming cast hmm. and uh, my over is of course guardians of the galaxy this i'm sort of widely bracketing it although i really did like this i had a great time i, I had no desire to see this by the way I, I went in dragging my feet i saw another movie figuring it would just be a wasted afternoon sitting to another marvel superhero movie uh and was just delighted with this silly thing uh mainly because uh when when i heard that uh taika watiti was was tapped to direct it, I figured, well, it's, he's not going to be able to bring any of his sense of humor to it. Uh, and I was so wrong. Uh, that was one of the things that really won me over is this director's sense of humor, which you saw in Flight of the Concords. Um, I, I didn't really care for uh, – well, some of his movies are, are, I like more than others. He did a, a vampire mockumentary, which I think is pretty funny at times. Uh, he did a, a thing called Hunt for the Wilder People. Uh, which I, that one didn't work for me, but I like this guy's sense of humor, and I was so glad that Disney let him express this using Thor, yeah, which has not been a comedic property like that. That to me is kind of a I don't know if it's like a reboot, but that that was a, a brave choice, and I was very appreciative of that because the the first two Thors eh, were whatever for me. So I really. Well, hold on. I really did enjoy this. Uh, my over would be Guardians of the Galaxy. This this isn't as good as Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's up there as far as just goofy, colorful, imaginative science fiction that goes across a bunch of worlds. Um, my under would be uh, Flash Gordon because that has a similar thing, uh. although that that's <laughs> colored by nostalgia. I imagine somebody – if you were to take a an, an average 20-something or a child today and sit him in front of Flash Gordon – that person would just be horrified at, at how terrible this movie is they're watching. But I saw Flash Gordon. I think anybody our age can sort of appreciate the goofiness and the colorfulness of Flash Gordon, how much fun certain people in the cast are having with Timothy Dalton and Brian Blessed and Max von Sydow. Um, so that is my under. 
is Flash Gordon, my over Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, I had a great time at this. Uh, Kelly Wand, what's an over and under, and what's your uh, overall opinion of this movie? My over is Flash Gordon, uh, which I'm judging by the standard of when I first saw it, and not sure. if you plant a millennial in front of it. So, like, mm-hmm. Flash Gordon had the same effect on me that Thor Ragnarok did, but I was younger, and it had the element of surprise. So it had that over Thor, and it's brisker, and I think it's funnier. And it has that girl in it, Ornella Muti, the princess? Non Dale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, then Dale's good too. And like everything's good. It just it never stops. And I think it was a little bewildering at first because it came out right after Star Wars and we were sort of accustomed to the Star Wars way. And so Flash Gordon was sort of a throwback, like that came out after Star Wars by chance. And so I think it they were like, yo, this isn't as good. But it was trying to do something different. But my under's Buck Rogers, which is like a way shittier version of Flash Gordon. Is it Buck Rogers movie? Yeah, with Jill Gerard. There was it was big oh my the TV God. <laughs> what? It's the TV not Jill. Is it? Oh, it's Gil Gerard. Yeah. Do you pronounce GIF Jif? No, but when I see Gerard, I think soft G, and then I go backwards. Nah, his name is not Jill. I'm glad that that's the part that offends you <laughs> of everything <laughs> I said about Buck Rogers. <laughs> I had no idea there was a Buck Rogers movie. Wow. So how about yeah, that? I didn't All either. Right. I thought it was just a TV show. Mel, Mel, Blanc, Mel Blanc's voice. Beedy, beedy, so the, uh, you said Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc, you, you got me confused. I said Gerard, so I got the anyway. And yeah. what, so, what's your overall? It sounds like you like this, Kelly Wand. No, I loved it, and this was the movie when I first saw the first Thor, and before the first Thor came out, I was picturing this movie in my head. And this is, I go, this is why Thor is going to be great. It's going to be because he's a god, and it's it's cosmic, and it's trippy, and it's weird, and he's he's it's just an interesting dynamic, and then the next two movies happen. I'm like, all right, I guess they just didn't get it. They didn't read the good ones. <laughs> all right. Or, but this, uh, then this came out and now I'm, I'm so on board. It's so great. It was such a, re- a great idea to make him funny. Like, it's kind of weird that that wasn't his character before, but maybe he's just grown into it. And that's maybe how Thor is like a jaded Thor now. Okay. Uh, well, let's, let's get Dingus in here. So Dingus, what's a movie that you like better? A movie you don't like quite as much. And what's your impression of this thing? Uh, okay. So, um, uh, under this, I would put uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Um, I I love I love this movie. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I love the sense of humor in it. Uh, I did not like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two very much, um, and I can't talk about this movie in the same breath as Guardians of the Galaxy because I think that's just total brilliance uh but i love this movie i really love it uh, over it uh, to be easy i would put thor the original movie which i saw again this week and i think you guys i don't i don't understand why you guys hated that movie so much i the first I was one on board yeah i was on board with it from I the beginning hate it. and and he and it takes itself just seriously enough and he does have sen- a sense of humor in that you're if you don't remember that i'm sorry i mean if you don't remember him smashing the the cups of coffee on the floor there were jokes in Thor nobody's disputing that there were jokes in Thor of course there were. I, there's no Marvel movie that Logan maybe that doesn't have jokes uh, but the first Thor the, the first two Thors were not a comedy this is a dramatic shift in tone it's funny oh, yeah, in the I, scenes where big things are happening that's something Guardians didn't even do yeah, Guardians okay, would slow see, down for drama <laughs> go ahead sorry no that's alright but you, you were just you were saying you didn't understand why we didn't like the first Thor. I mean that it, it's got nothing to do with like 
Like, like this was very clearly a comedy, and I think that's one of the things that Kelly Wand and I appreciated that wasn't in the first two Thors. Right, and I was getting to that. So what I was trying to say is that um, over the arc of this franchise, and this is the 17th movie in this particular franchise, is that it's, it's grown and expanded in these various ways. And I think the Guardians of the Galaxy is part of why it's, it's enabled um, this particular director to be able to have the freedom to do these things, not just with the, uh, the silliness and uh, um, the, the sense of humor, but also with the music, the Mar- Mark Mothersbaugh music, music yeah. which is really silly and beautiful, but also along the lines of those Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Uh, the success of Guardians of the Galaxy allows him, I think, to be able to do that, which is not something because they were taking themselves so seriously before. So it's not just that Thor has a couple of jokes in it. The the original Thor, he he has this this uh, this lightness about him, and that he has to learn to deal with. And then, then in the second movie, which is really dark and weird, and and which I still liked, but not as much as I liked the first movie. Um, he still he still has this joy about him. Uh, he's and then I think all of those things are realized in this movie and in that great thing that Kelly Wan was making fun of when he's dangling from that chain and spinning around slowly, spinning around and making those jokes. I think that the movie this movie nails that tone well, but it nails the tone when it can based on where we are in the arc of this universe. And this is what I've talked about. Uh, from the moment, almost from the moment we started this thing, is that I think this is like this huge novel that is being written almost, rather than one movie, one movie, one movie, one movie. I think the movies influence each other. And I think that the fact of Guardians of the Galaxy uh, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, but mainly Guardians of the Galaxy, allows this movie to exist. And that's why it's so exciting to me. Um, and that's why I, I, I do look back and say, you know, if you look at Thor, the original movie, it it takes itself seriously, but it's not just a couple of jokes here and there. He still has that same character going on. It's just emerging in a different way here as he grows. He's so more I, generic, though, in the, the humor, I thought. No, I totally disagree. I just watched it. I right. totally disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, I think Sorry. the issue – I mean certainly what I would say is, as I mentioned before, I think it has a lot less to do with – Chris Hemsworth's lightness, which I, I agree with, like he he he's the same character in this movie that he was in the previous movies. But this movie has a director with a very definite voice. And if you watch this Thor like Dingus, you you describe this as being part of a chain with the other Marvel movies. I think of this more as a chain from Eagles versus Shark to uh, which is his, his first movie to Flight of the Concords to what we do in the shadows to this. Like I see this as as the voice of a, a director with a very specific sense of humor, uh, yeah. and uh, I don't like I, I think it's a huge break from the other two Thor movies, and I love that when when they hired him, I thought it was going to be a deal like with the Russo brothers for uh, Captain America, <clears throat> or Colin Trevorrow for uh, Jurassic World, where they get someone who's new at directing, and then they just sort of put a corporate sheen to it. Like Kevin Feige basically dictates what it's going to be like. But that, there's no sign of that here. No. Like if, you, if you watch no, What We Do in the Shadows and then this, it's some of the same senses of humor. And, and I, 
uh, Taika Waititi is even in it as a, as a voice. Like he yeah. he's a very participatorial director when he does stuff. Like I think he's even one of the actors in What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, yeah. So I I think this is all about him. Like I give him all the credit. Chris Hemsworth and the writers is, and Hemsworth. Yeah. Well, see the writers I looked at and. I, I mean, I don't want to discredit the writers because I love the script, by the way, too. Like, I, I love the jokes. I love the plotting, which I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, but I, I just can't say enough about how and, – and it's what won me over from the get-go how specific this is to that guy's sense of humor. Like, yeah. that opening where Thor is commenting on the fact that he's twirling around, there was nothing which was that kind of meta-observational right. in any of the earlier movies. Or the Willy and, Wonka and, song, too. Well, yeah, exactly. But that, that what I'm saying is that that first moment where he's twirling around and commenting on it, that's the first moment in the movie. And it's basically the movie telling us what kind of jokes it's going right. to make. And that's unprecedented as, as far as the Thor universe. It, it like I think it's kind of a reboot in a way that Thor is that aware of the, the silliness of, of 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 what's going on and yeah. of comic books, basically like this thing sort of. Glories in the, just the, the ridiculousness, and I don't mean that to denigrate it because I nah. did think it was it was hilarious. Like my stomach hurt in this thing, uh, mm. and this movie just glories in the comedic value of how goofy it is to have superheroes running around in different worlds where anything can happen, where they're invulnerable. Any um, sci-fi, like back when it was like that. Like when, yeah, when, I mean, yeah. It, it, but expensive, it, like expensively done, dopey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like super high production values, and uh, okay. and and it, you know the the cast couldn't have been cheap. Like I loved the cast yeah. in this too. This was funny as shit. Yeah, I was jealous. Thing is, who directed Dark World? I know that uh, Kenneth Branagh was the first one. Do we know who did the second one? Anyone of note? I don't remember who did the second one. Okay. I just remember Kenneth Branagh doing the first one and being yeah. stunned by it, watching it again, because I think it's, I think it's beautifully done. And so that's your over. I, I, I don't think I want to. I don't want to sit here and argue like why I like it versus why you like it. But that's but your over for I, dark for uh, for Ragnarok. Yeah, because okay. I think it. I think it fits within, again, within the arc of where this is going. I don't think they could have made this movie then. They couldn't have made this goofy a movie because the, the writers of this, and I agree with you, I think the script is great. I love the way it's structured and love the jokes in it. I love the I love the tone, and largely that's because of the director. But also the, the writers are all – I mean if you look at their credits, they're like a lot of television versions of this, right. and they're funny. Right, they're Thor. They're, they're Thor writers. I mean, they're they're yeah. guys who have been doing Thor for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's there's a lot of more cartoonish quality to what they're doing, and that's I, I think that that's where this fits right now. And I don't think you could have made this when they for, when Kenneth Branagh made this movie. Um, so I think well, that fit then. I Kelly think Wan, that, you... that fit in that particular part of the lock uh, or the or the i don't know what, how you would put it that, that particular chapter fit there this particular chapter fits here and i i don't i mean i i i, I don't remember i don't know other than eagle versus shark i don't know the other stuff that he's done we do know flight of the concords i mean it's that sense of oh humor. yeah so yeah, and that's yeah 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 uh kelly one has thor been a comedy traditionally like as a comic book no, but neither was Iron Man. But there were times when Thor, the comic book, was really funny. Like, he was written a little differently under this artist named Walt Simonson, who had this really stellar run of Thor 
like when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And he was the one in one of the Easter eggs in this movie is there's a part where they have to go into the afterlife and fight Hela. And the executioner has to hold a bridge against like all the demons of hell with his <laughs> machine guns and give his life. So that's what that's from. <laughs> ah. So I got so well, it's like I don't get every Marvel reference because I stopped reading comics after I mean before a lot of stuff that they reference now. But I remember that happening, and so I was in. I was like, oh, it's '80s Thor all the way. I was really excited that I got it finally. Um, well, that's but, why. I mean, I, I imagine that these guys who were Thor writers, like Christopher Yost and the other, I forget the other two guys' names, but uh, I, I can. I imagine that fans must be delighted with that kind yeah. of. Yeah, and he spent a lot of time. In Asgard, in the comics, like there were entire, there were like thirty uh, issue story arcs about like there was a thing where Odin did a false Ragnarok so that they could get out of the prophecy and not have to sweat it, and Thor got pissed off at him because it was like he didn't tell him about the plan, and so after Ragnarok, all these people are dead, and Thor's like, wait, what? You fake, you faked Ragnarok and you didn't mention it, and so he leaves and he never comes. He just stays on Earth for like five years of um, page time. Well, let's then talk about this plot and the stakes and and what's going on. Uh, One of the things that I really liked about Spider-Man Homecoming is it wasn't anybody saving the world anymore. It was a super small uh, neighborhood drama, basically. Uh, And a lot of superhero movies, you've got to save the Earth. Uh, You know, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, they have to save the whole universe. Um, right. It's going to get taken over gal- by ego. So on that scale of, okay, it's just a minor personal thing, or, oh, God, we're saving the world again, uh, I, I thought they found some nice middle ground here, right? Like, were you guys comfortable with the stakes? Because I know we're tired of seeing New York destroyed and every you know two guys punching each other super hard and it ruins the city and they save the day at the end, right? Well, like, I, loved how this, I love how this script avoided that. Go ahead, Kelly. Well, yeah, and it, it it breaks new ground story wise, and it doesn't really it, casually like Dennis Simpson's way. Like Thor loses his hammer, and Asgard's destroyed, and he loses an eye, and all that's combined with scenes of jokes, like in the same shot. Usually, like that's really that's pretty revolutionary for even a comic book movie, mm-hmm. and it kind of makes you wonder. It's the same way when I saw like the Gaudi architecture in Barcelona, and I felt like it's lame that, that you have to go all this way to see this one cool house, and most houses look like shit. And it's like Thor Ragnarok made me go – it like makes me dread other superhero movies now. Or I just take seriously <laughs> Well, Kelly Wand, consider this year we have Logan, Spider-Man Homecoming, and yeah. Thor Ragnarok. I mean I am as so – I am as off superheroes as the next guy. None of those three movies did I really – I mean I was curious about Logan, but none of those three movies did I really – care to see and they're three of the movies that i've enjoyed most this year they were all just That's true either so good or so much fun uh so i i just as far as like what's being done with with superheroes and comic book stuff i'm just delighted that, that this sort of thing is happening well it's marvel well you so know those marvel. that is a good point those are all marvel <laughs> well, maybe Wait, justice just- league Kelly Wan, let's not call it a year yet. We've got Justice League coming the up. The trailers are not encouraging. That, well, I don't care about trailers. Nobody cares about trailers. At- I do because I don't care enough about the movie. So I'll well, you're, you're going to be seeing it. So, uh. Uh, But none of it looked as interesting to me as Thor Ragnarok or as Blade Runner. I think we peaked. That's my prediction. Uh, Dingus, what did you think of the story? Uh, before I get to that, I, you brought up uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. And we have a listener who wrote in named Josh Lovelinner who said that overall he enjoyed it, not as good as Spider-Man Homecoming, but entertaining. 
I preferred it because the vulture stuff, like there were scenes in Spider-Man Homecoming that were straight superhero and like the climax is straight superhero, I thought. So to me, Thor like was all the way to the last shot and the final Easter egg was even good. Like it just seemed more consistent to me than Homecoming. But I really like Homecoming. Well, you know, Josh also talks about, well, I guess he's talking about the after, after scene in Doctor Strange that it seems to be just put in wholesale into this movie, just totally put uh, in. And, and I, don't, I don't know that that's true because I think there's a couple of different lines that are messed about with um, because you don't know who the voice is in, doc, in the Doctor Strange everything. But uh, to Tom's point about, um, about the story, uh, Josh kind of speaks to that as well. He says, it seems like the entire population of Asgard is just a few hundred people. Right. Um, and uh, so he's asking, they all fit on a bridge and in one spaceship is Asgard yeah. a planet or just a city or right. really a small planet? How can they possibly survive with such a small population? But I really like Tom's point about we're tired of getting of seeing New York just get beat the hell up. And I really like the way that this moves from planet to planet. I love the fact that it winds up on this weird trash planet um, and and how that plays out. Uh, although I think in the middle it, it gets a little dead zony um, as they're running around in the streets uh, with stuff wrapped around his head. Um, as much as I loved seeing Mark Ruffalo show up, I think it, the movie kind of does start to drag his feet a little bit at that point. But I, but I, I think really is that real quick? Cool? I want like... to stop you there because I agree with you, and I, I felt bad about it, but I didn't think that um, Mark Ruffalo – fit or knew what he was uh, doing and maybe that's appropriate but it definitely i would have thought that's those would be just a shoe in for great stuff and they did yeah. feel weirdly dead to me it was yeah. less good than him and the hulk strangely hulk was funnier than hulk was a better buddy for the buddy cop dynamic than banner was yeah but maybe that was just uh, yeah well, my son was wondering hulk doesn't really talk any in... he doesn't before but he talks in the comics but he, oh, he does. All right. Yeah, and maybe it's like Oz, where if once you go there, you can talk. Like well, and even even I know this. There's a run of Hulk comics, and I know this because there's a pinball table based on it, where he like goes to another world and is a gladiator fighter, right, Kelly Wand? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I know like world he's on an Hulk. alien world. It's like a, mm. yeah, yeah, exactly. World War. And he loves it, and he loves it. So right. that part was true too. Like he gets a girlfriend, and they they worship him, and it's like he's it's perfect for him. But they to Josh's point, him. though. I don't think this movie is at all um, – and I know he's not saying this, but I don't think you can look at it as a rules-based movie. It doesn't matter no, how that, many people live on Asgard. It doesn't thing. matter. It doesn't matter say. that, that – you know what? why is this dog so scary that Heimdall can't take him? What well, big right. deal. Like it, it's all about just, just cool visual set pieces and jokes, and whatever it takes to get to those things, it's going to do regardless like of any sort of math or plot points or uh, – the, and what example of that, that I thought is like the fact that there's no Asgardians left, it means that most of them died. That was my implication or what I inferred from that. And so it's still not making a big deal about it because of what you said. It's like it's not that kind of movie where it's right. like, yeah, most of the Asgardians are dead. Now we got a spaceship. Let's go. Woo. Party. <laughs> <laughs> like because the I Valkyrie. Yeah. I mean, I had quite, there were things, I mean, not questions, but I had the, like, I definitely had moments where I was like, wait a minute, what? Am I supposed to. Yeah, uh -huh. and and I just realized that's not what the movie the movie yeah really dub if you worry about yeah it. the movie didn't really play on that level like I'm not supposed to be the whole thing about wh why isn't the Hulk 
turning to Bruce Banner. Right. Like it kind of, it, it kind of, uh, I won't say retcons because I, I think it just kind of ignores yeah. what Joss Whedon wrote, the, the Hulk that Joss Whedon wrote in the Avengers. And I don't think it's trying to change anything. It's just not interested in telling us that story about that David Banner who's always angry, who's keeping the Hulk down. This is a new character and a new story. And it's, mm. I mean, it's kind of, I guess, what comic books do in a way is they rewrite their characters. But even in Avengers, he was doing that where he, like, Whedon retconned the Hulk because he was jumping out of planes and turning into the Hulk. And that was the first time he ever did that. Well, no, but right, right. But I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know about, like, I, I don't care about source material in terms of, like, what the, right. the, Hulk, the comics Hulk does. I'm more interested in why isn't this Hulk like the Hulk in the Avengers? Yeah. Uh, and I just realized yeah. I just have to let go of that expectation because that's not what the movie's interested in doing. It didn't want to play with that character. And that's It's okay. giving you other stuff. It's taking that away from you, <laughs> replacing it with awesome jokes and cool visuals and great the music. The thing is, what didn't, what let me let go of that, but I didn't totally let go of it, is that I I kind of have erased Ultron, yeah, from my head, because I don't even remember like the Hulk Basher and all the stuff that went on. I don't remember all. Oh that. right, yeah, that's right. There was a special Hulk killer armor thing, right? I don't I don't remember anything of Ultron, even though they reference it here and they talk about Sokovia. Sokovia, yeah, but I do love. One of the things I did love was, and this is sort of speaking to what we'll talk about later on when we do your three way three, Kelly, is is him saying, "I've been this for two years," and yeah. there is a certain amount of like I don't know if you would say pathos. Or, there's, there's this, like, yeah, oh my God, two years. I've been doing this for two years, uh, and him not quite getting to wrap his head around that. What I didn't like was the weird sort of, well, if I do it again, that's it. I can't ever come back. And we know that that's not going to be the case because that's never the case. Well, wait, he doesn't come that, back, though. Do we? We don't see him as Bruce Banner again, do we? No, but he, Dingus, the he jury's out is, on that is what I'm saying, Dingus. We don't know. I Maybe know. he'll never come back. But there's it's never forever in these movies. There's never forever. So, but. Um, no, Odin's dead. Yeah, he's, he's never gone. gone. Yeah, but I, did, I didn't know, like, am I supposed to root for Asgard to be destroyed or not? I'm like, what? Wait, well, you want to root against Hela, and so it's so that's one thing I like. So I, I, you know, I so many of these movies will just like Iron Man, Wonder Woman, whatever. They end with just people punching each other really hard, and the hero wins because right. the hero tries yeah. super hard, and there's no explanation for it. So this is one of the things that I'm looking for, and I realize the movie's not rules based, so I'm kind of expecting, oh, okay, just Thor's gonna. Get yeah. really mad, and and then the, he gets his like zombie eyes and lightning, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I guess that's the, that's going to be the resolution. Whatever, I had a great time, but whatever. But then when he gets back on the bridge with him, he's like, I I hit her with my best lightning, and she's not going down. I was like, oh, well, wait a minute, they are thinking about this. Yeah, and and they mm. were like, because that's one of the things is if she's so powerful, I'm wondering how are they going to beat her? They just Better try really hard. And, they just try really hard, and because they're the heroes, they win. And their script didn't do that. I loved that. By playing with this idea that you know her power comes from the place, and if they just trash the place, then she's powerless. Like I loved that twist. Uh, I don't know. I like that twist. That resolution, I should say. The movie title work in your head after you've seen the movie. Right, right, exactly. Because your whole your whole thing is, oh, well, he stopped Ragnarok when yeah. they're, they're just teasing us. It's that Black Sunday thing where, where Dingus is like, I want right. to see the blimp explode and everybody in the Super Bowl blow up. <laughs> like, I showed up for Ragnarok. You promised me that in the title. Oh, you're teasing me. 
You know, no, it's it's Thor colon Ragnarok because he's gonna cause it. It's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I love it just as a writing flourish. It's beautiful to me. And here's why, you know, and I can imagine okay. maybe uh, maybe Josh Lubner who wrote in wonders this, but I was thinking this. Why then? So Kate Blanchard gets her power from Asgard, <laughs> so they they destroy Asgard, right? What? Uh, yeah, yeah. Why go on. then doesn't? If Asgard then – if we then learn that Kate Blanchett's lost her power because Asgard is blown up, but we learn in the course of the movie Asgard's not a place. It's people. Oh, what? She has to kill them. Yeah. Why isn't she getting her power from them? And what, well, they don't know yet. Maybe that's what the big spaceship is in the last I mean that's the, the, the answer to that is shut up, Tom. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I a just, good – well, it's Thor, it, no, it's Thor propagandizing something that's not really true. He's ah. going – Oh, it's not. <laughs> Hella, Hella would go. Hella's response to that would be, "No, I'm weak, so you're an idiot." <laughs> and win the argument by dying. What dingus? <laughs> <laughs> That's my theory. On see, Tom, ask me something else. I'll piranha this for you. Um, I do have something that needs some piranhaing. So Kelly's referencing. <laughs> I, I wrote a PhD on Piranha 3D. And delivered yeah. it during our podcast, and uh, it stood up to oral argument and everything. Uh, mm. Mm. Here's my – I need one of you guys to piranha <laughs> this for me. Uh-huh. What was Loki's motivation? <laughs> He's Loki. <laughs> Betrays <laughs> his signature move. It's like what do you mean what was his motivation? Period. Self-preservation. Wait, why does yeah. he help at the end? Because what's left? He knows Thor is right. And he also admires the boldness of Thor's let's destroy Asgard. Like – even he goes. That's pretty cool. No, no, but he shows up before then to rescue all the refugees. Like he shows well, up on the ship. To he's going to be their leader. He thinks Thor is going to be destroyed. He shows right. up because he's and he's Fred presenting will... himself as he's he's the you know he's the god of chaos. Basically. But Hela's going to be there. Like how, how is he going to be their leader if Hela is there? Because he's going to take them all and leave. <laughs> That's what he's going to do. He's going to leave. And he's he's going that, to take that... them all in the ship and leave. And he's going to be their well, leader, their king. Well, Thor is is destroyed by Hela. Right, but I mean, Thor leaves him to die, so they just see each other later and go, "All right, we're gonna." They both look at each other as if to say, "Well, we're in Thor Ragnarok. Get on the ship." But you, I think you you're on the right track, Tom, though, because uh, Thor does convince him, and, and this is part of that. Um, what is it? Uh, get help. The the uh, the uh, the strategy that Thor has convinced him. To do with them over and over again is that get help, get help from my brother, and then he throws them at him. Uh, he makes Loki go into the um, weapons vault to get the magic hat. I think is what Kelly called it, possessed um, hat. Uh, so to that to that point, you're right. I I don't quite know why he's doing that, but I kind of trust that he's got some sort of weird self interested. Like, Angle. Well, just because he's this 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 mischief god, it's that, that or death. It's he's fighting for survival. And so I that. think he's always uh, up for self-preservation. What whichever side is going to give him, he knows Thor will preservation, and that's why with the Grandmaster, he's yeah. I didn't get a chair. Right. Well, if I was writing the script, I would have made him go back to get the Tesseract. Well, actually, we have a. We don't know. He Maybe did. he did get Maybe it. He did. That's the thing, yeah. right? I mean, it's floating around in space. If he didn't, but when that moment when he looks at it, 
I was thinking, oh, it look, they're making it look like he's just realizing it's there. Like, I wish he'd made a beeline for it, and it's like, oh, that's, that's why he came back. Something I appreciated about this movie that makes me think maybe he did grab it is it did actually follow from the Dark World last shot where Loki turns out Odin turns out to be Loki. Like, they remember that that happened as opposed to X-Men, where Professor X gets destroyed by Phoenix and then in the, put inside a possessed kid or something, a magic what? kid. <laughs> What movie is that? I need That's to an see X-Men that. That's an X-Men 3. X-Men 3. Oh, right. I have seen that. Okay. <laughs> Disintegrates him, and then there's an Easter egg him, a little possessed kid. But then in Days of Future Past, he's back in his wheelchair. Well, Josh uh, Lubliner says um, it seems obvious that Loki picked up the Tesseract before he left Asgard. Well, we don't know that he didn't. Right. So, right. We don't know <laughs> this. This movie supposes that he didn't. <laughs> yeah. He's got a ship. He's got everything he needs as best yeah. as he could. He's off the junk planet, and Thor thinks he's cool. They're uh, getting along. Favorite visuals. What do you guys got? Because uh, that's another thing, too, is I know that Tahika Waititi is a, a, a small screen guy. He's not a big visual fabulist. Um, I like and I was Warner. super surprised at some of the shots here. So, yeah, favorite visual. What was it, Kelly Wand? Mjolnir breaking was really good. Ragnarok okay. I really liked because it kept going for a long time. <laughs> I was something. This is sort of how I wanted the Doctor Strange movie to be, which is trippy looking. Yeah, and yeah. that kind of music. And this was mm. more psychedelic than Doctor Strange. How did you feel about Doctor Strange showing up, Kelly? Uh, he's not in it much, and I like him as a character. Um, although I still think that guy's miscast. But the movie had won me over by that time to Hemsworth who I was always like, oh, no, this is the right Thor. He seems off. But then this movie made me really like him. So mm. Doctor Strange is kind of just, it's a really thankless scene in a way, because he just moves them from one place to another and has no interest in their lives whatsoever or in helping them. So I thought you'd find it annoying, because it's like the, why doesn't he call the Avengers to help him? And it's like, Doctor Strange doesn't react to Hela on Earth, like showing up. Like, he would maybe go, oh, wait, something's going on on that stupid beach now. But, I don't know. I'm a Doctor Strange apologist. I'm a Stan Lee apologist. I even like the Stan Lee cameo in this. So I, I really like Doctor Strange in this, because I think that he works better, even though he's supposed to be the most powerful character in all the Marvel Universe. I love him in this. I think he's better as an ancillary character, quite frankly. I like I like the way he works. His droll humor works more in this, I think, than it works in the other movie. And though I liked the Doctor Strange movie. I really liked him. Uh, and I think that the way they play against each other really worked. And I loved it when Loki falls back into the room and he's like, I've been falling for 30 minutes. I loved that. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. It wasn't as exciting as Hulk and Thor. And it feel like we didn't get as much of that as I was expecting. Um, but to Tom's point about, you were talking about visuals, right, Tom? Yeah, favorite visuals. So Kelly Wan picked uh, the hammer breaking. <laughs> All right, so we have a listener named Chris Markinson who absolutely loved this. He just loved the humor in it. He's really pretty much uh, along with us. Um, he said as he wouldn't have known who the director was, except that, uh, he saw what we do in the shadows, and he loved that as well. Um, but one of the things he said that made me laugh when I was reading his email that I thought was absolutely hilarious, and I think this is a really funny a funny visual touch and weird, is he says, after the Hulk has seen Black Widow 
and he starts to react and bounce off the wall of the Quimjet, as per Tom. I started to laugh because it reminded me of the video for Take On Me by AHA. (laughs) Do you guys know that video? Where he goes in and out of the painting? Yeah. And so Hulk is smashing against the sides of the Quimjet. And I can just see exactly what Chris is talking about. And I really just love that mental image that he gives. It's not necessarily a great visual, but I I love what he says, that it reminds him of the video Take On Me by AHA. I need to see that video again, I guess. But because, yeah, wait, because, he's, video. because he's phasing in and out of being Hulk or because he's banging into walls? It, it's, yeah, I think it's just because he's banging into, into walls. Okay. Pretty much. Do you have what are your specific things that you liked visually, Tom? Well, I first of all, the, uh, to open with that Led Zeppelin song, yes, sweet. Even to go back to that well at the end of the movie, uh, and then yeah, okay, this is still working for me. This is great. You're doing it twice. I'm fine with that. Um, the gods. But uh, the uh, the the moment where I the the visuals actually changed my mind about something. Uh, I mean, there were plenty of shots that I was like, wow, that looks super comic booky. I mean, I bet people who read comic books and who are super happy about particular frames must love some of the visuals in this movie. And where I just uh, – it was jaw-dropping for me. So Tessa Thompson is this lovely young actress who I know from Creed, um, and she oh, was really good. good opposite Michael Jordan in, uh, in Creed, oh. and I hadn't seen her in anything before then, and I loved her in that. But then, unfortunately, she had a, a, a role in Westworld where they tried to make her this super badass, hardened, corporate, evil, bitch-type, efficient character. And she was terrible in that role, and it didn't work for me. So I decided – I, you know, the jury's out on her. I'm not crazy about her. So when she shows up here and she's supposed to be drunk and funny and like so drunk she falls off, I was like, okay, that's funny. But they didn't really stick with this idea of her being a drunkard, and they gave it lip service. She was cute and spunky, and yeah, okay, I was kind of in with But when she's fighting Loki, and he touches her forehead and, and says something about, yeah, that Valkyrie slaughter, that must have been mm-hmm. something. And we go to that, that visual right there, where we transition to this her recollection of the Valkyries. That was jaw-dropping for me. That was incredibly beautiful and just epic, and it seemed like from another time and another – definitely another yeah. world and it had a whole other tone and this is what was inside of this character's head and suddenly i loved her character and like seeing her with her friend dying and in her valkyrie armor like that was like a, where i was totally on board with i think she's called scrapper 141 or whatever i don't think she ever even got a name but just the stunningness of that visual and knowing that it was inside the head of this character and that was her motivation yeah. uh, completely won me over uh, and and I, I I liked her a lot in this movie. After that, up to then yeah. I was like I don't know it's working, but uh, I like where she went. I'm totally with you on that. That was pure mythology for me. Yeah, myth- was, mythology, was, Dingus. Yes, it was mythic. Yes. Yeah, it was it was it was taking a comic book and making it into a film mythology that blew my mind. And I, I I wrote that down too, and I was like, oh my god, that Valkyrie moment because up until that moment. I didn't really know about – I don't know about a lot of these comics. I don't know them. Uh, I know the characters somewhat, but the Valkyrie thing I didn't know. And that, in a very small amount of time, they let us know yeah. so much. And the, and the way all of that works – and it also speaks to uh, Tala's character and her weird – like I can just turn a 
anything into a blade that flies at you. But it's so beautifully done um, and so artistic. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm totally with you on that. Uh, a friend of mine I pressed into service to play a there's – a, there's a game that's kind of like Diablo, a video game called Marvel Heroes Online. And you pick your character, and you play it just like Diablo. You're just running around and pressing buttons and making them do fancy attacks, and they get equipment, and they upgrade it. And when I forced my friend uh, who's written into the show before, his name is Mike Cathcart, to play, for some reason – this was a while ago – he picked Thor. And he wasn't into the game. He was basically just playing it to humor me. But one of the things that he was complaining about is – when you play Marvel Heroes Online, your character finds and equips new equipment because you need to to get more powerful. You know, Thor gets better boots and he gets a better cape and he gets a different hat and he gets a different hammer. And Mike Cathcart was like, no, Thor does not. It's just mule, meow meow. It's just yeah. that's his only hammer. He never gets yeah. a new hammer. So yeah, Mike Cathcart, right. if you see this movie, I just want to say in your face. What? <laughs> he needs a new hammer. He's got to replace his hammer. Thor oh. now gets a new well, – I hope he gets a new hammer. Either that or he specs in another weapon. It's all I kept Daryl's waiting for process. that to happen. I kept waiting for him to like hold it his hand and it to reassemble, but it didn't. Yeah. It's uh, gone. Like he, has to, he has to equip a new one. He needs to get out uh, and adventure and find one. Uh, no, well, how no. do you feel about the fact that you know his dad basically says the hammer's always been within you or whatever? Is, whatever it it's the force, I mean, bro. Well, the thing is it's more – like I think of it more as like a fantasy nerd. It's like a – like a wizard's focus. Mm. Uh, like it's the wizard uses it to channel his power. And okay, it doesn't give him his power, but he still needs it. Uh, so I just kind of justified it that way, Dingus. Okay. But I mean, right. yeah, he's going to – anyway, so yeah, Thor – we now know. It's now canon. Thor upgrades his hammer. He equips new hammers. No, he doesn't. He hasn't done what? that. Is, is he just going to fight hand-to-hand? By the way, also in this game, yeah. in this game, listen to me. In this movie, Thor uses a gun. Right. Yeah, Wait. how about that? He equips a gun. Him and Loki stride into a room and shoot these like laser machine uh, guns. Well, he has to. I thought it would be funny if he was like constantly raising his hand, like he kept. Or I guess he did. But. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh yeah. But like when he goes into battle, he thinks he can fly. Never mind. I don't know. Can he fly um, with his hand? So uh, Chris also wants to know, since you talked about Valkyrie, uh, Tom. Um, he what Chris Markinson is saying is uh, he's tired of hero characters overlooking another character who does horrible things. So uh, he says Valkyrie is no no doubt captured and sent multitudes of individuals to their deaths, or at the very fine. least slavery for life, no consequences. It's one of the things that bothered him about. Oh, he's Fast talking about the heroes. character and not the 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 army, like the. Her, uh, no, he's talking about this particular character. He's so her about, name is Valkyrie. They don't call her. Well, it, in the no, it, they don't call her that. But but in the in the cast breakdown, it's just listed as Valkyrie. It's and so, real quick, as, I do want to hear what Markinson was saying. But Kelly, one in the comic, there's a there's like one Valkyrie left. That's also there's like character name. Well, Val- or there's just one representative, but maybe she's just on Earth. Okay, but that's her superhero name. Well, if you, maybe just if the you, other ones don't participate in human affairs or something. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, so if, I'm you sorry, at her, if you look at her uh, IMDb page, she's listed as like rumored for other as Valkyrie. Here's the thing: they just call her. They just call her Scrapper One Four One, like or whatever, Slaver yeah. One, whatever. Yeah. So, so Markinson was saying uh, he was normal. He has a problem with movies just overlooking when characters do horrible so, things. So we just give her a pass for all the the horrible oh. things that she's done. Mm-hmm. 
What do you? Oh, oh Markinson is saying that bothers him in this case as that, well. That bothers okay. him. Well, okay. well, he he also says he's getting tired of these of hero characters who just get a pass in this case. And I, I think he doesn't give any other pass. I mean, you know. Flash I mean, yeah, the movie doesn't hold. There's no accountability. Right. Doing that. But I mean, that's there, that's that's um that's not impress. There's a lot of precedent for that in movies. Happens all the time. Loki's getting a pass in this movie. Loki's historically accurate. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Is that, again, just like it's a movie where we're not supposed to be thinking about. Well, wait a minute. Where does Kate Blanchett really get hey, her power from? I also was, don't think the moral implications of slavery are – and I'm not making fun of, of Markinson for objecting to that. I'm just saying that it's clearly something the movie wasn't concerned with. It's a slippery uh, slope because you can go, well, Thor was dumb. Because and- Loki causes all this to happen, and Loki gets a free pass. So that to me is an even bigger deal than what she did. Well, well there's, also, there's, I mean, there's a we're, thematic we're element in the movie. When we're introduced to her, by the way, I just want to say she she murders like thirty people. Right. I mean, they're going to attack her, I guess. So maybe it's in self defense. But I'm sorry, I but cut you off. So a junk world where everybody dies. They deserve murder. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know people who make a living. It's like those people who got drone striked by love in Blade Runner. Like it must suck to really you know to try to make a living in a the- junkyard. It's just a tough world, and so it's not a matter of getting a free pass or not. It's like it's a, it's like in Game of Thrones. You go, well, Cersei got a free pass for the massacre. Like, it's how it, it, it is everywhere. But in, at the end of Flash Gordon, the princess, who's kind of ruthless throughout the movie, she's in charge because Max von Sydow is dead, and so you're supposed to applaud her rise to power. And she's like – she and Timothy Dalton are back together. I mean I- – I, I think where where Marketson's point, like I think where the movie does play with Marketson's point, because um, we're we're also supposed to think of her. She's like a roguish drunk, and she's she's also so tortured by her past that she doesn't care. And her character arc is to learn to care. Uh, I think more to Marketson's characters getting a pass is the redemptive moment for Carl Urban's character, is he turns on his people and he's going to cut that woman's head off. By the way, like he he feels right. bad about it, obviously, but he's going to execute her. He lifts the the, the axe up and he's going to bring it down um, is he's held accountable because when he gets his redemptive moment, he then has to die. Uh, so he's the, the, the character in this movie who's going to have where we're, the audience is going to get consequences for bad things. Like he's the guy who can't be forgiven by the story. It's well, different for women, Dingus. God. Well, one of the things that, I, that Chris isn't bringing up and that now – Upon reading what he said and what you guys were just saying, um, seems to be thema- a thematic element. Is this is this thing that that Hella says is that he he's proud to get it, shamed how he got it. He's a, you know that that about Odin. Odin is ashamed of how he right achieved all of this, and he's hidden it. Right, he's hidden he it under everything. Shame. Everything is hidden, um, and. And so that that's kind of to, to Chris's point that that there's this this Valkyrie who has done these horrible things, but she doesn't have to account for them, and neither does Odin. But except for the fact that Asgard is now in flames, right? Other than his world being destroyed, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I do think that that's an important thing that the movie kind of soft pedals is this idea that yeah, Hela was wronged. 
like she she you know her father abandoned her like she she right. was she she did not get credit and her father we're going to look at him as a noble protector and he's benevolent he's a benevolent ruler and his loss is tragic but he was an asshole every bit as bad as as she's going to be and then just decided to change his mind at some point and he kicked her to the curb when it happened like she's she's gotta, she she goes oh, I thought you'd be happy to see me well, she's got a she's got a legitimate gripe I think. Can't you be happy for me? Oh, uh, well, Dingus, by the did way, you, did you see a movie called Barracuda yet? No, I did not. See All right, because thematically, Hella reminded me of uh, a really cool movie with Allison Tolman called uh, Barracuda, which is a little indie movie that you can uh, see online now. I right, go ahead. What was that, Kelly? One, sorry. Uh, German audiences are really restrained, but they were. During this movie, when uh, Thor snapped at Hulk and went, you know what? Earth does hate you. And Hulk sulked. They all went, ah, oh, like they were just torn <laughs> up for him. Like, no. Oh. They know what it's like to be hated it by Earth. so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like men and women were just going, ah, oh, Thor. What are you doing? We love him. Don't say we- that. We do have one listener, Arthur, Jim, and Jelly, who did not like this movie. Ah, oh. why did Arthur not like it? He yeah. saw it in a packed theater. He said everyone was laughing and having a great time except me. The jokes <laughs> and quips just didn't land for me. They were too numerous and placed without any regard for tone or pace. That's Maybe how I was in a bad mood with the seemingly endless amounts of winking cheese and poorly done camp left me very unsatisfied. <laughs> Speaking of poorly done camp, how do we feel about Jeff Goldblum? He's great. He's going with the movie. Isn't he? Well, Arthur Giambangeli, this is one of the things that he liked is Jeff Goldblum's It's a Tie. Uh, I think Chris Markinson right. said he could have done with less. Le- uh, he says maybe a little too much Grandmaster. Uh, uh. I, think, I think because of the tone, um, the goofy Jeff Goldblum stuff works. I think because of how uh, how the tone is set from the, from the get-go, for me... I think Jeff Goldblum works. Yeah, I, I'm with that 100%. I adore I, every moment he was on screen. I was enjoying him, and he seemed to be having fun. He did fit the tone for me. And yeah. if the sense of humor is not working for you, I can definitely see why Arthur wouldn't have liked it. But yeah. I loved that Jeff Goldblum, and it uh, you know it's just like it, it, Jeff Goldblum is also in oh shoot oh what's the Johnny Depp thing that I made you see Kelly on Mordecai. Like Jeff Goldblum and Mordecai, like I love Jeff Goldblum just showing up and goofing off. It's like he's in his Jeff Bridges career phase. He's going to show up and <laughs> yeah. goof off, and we're going to enjoy it. And he's earned he's earned that right. I tend uh, to like him in pieces of shit. Like I always kind of enjoy him. Like, yeah. like I like Holy Man because he just does Goldblum for the whole thing. <laughs> in fact, I can't really think of any Jeff Goldblum thing I don't like, even like shitty Goldblum movies. Uh, How do you I'll, feel I'll about the? How'd you All feel right. about the other Good cameos show. in this? Uh, like Stan? Who else is in it? Like, I will say, after Stan Lee, I, I I thought Chris Hemsworth's haircut looked very nice. And after Stan Lee yeah. did that, I was like, okay, now do Tom Hiddleston for Pete's sake. Seeing <laughs> that guy running around, oh my god, his hair's awful. It's it's kind of yeah. like I think they know that Tom Hiddleston is so gorgeous, they have to give him dopey hair so that he doesn't upstage Chris Out-shine Hemsworth. Thor. Yeah, yeah, that's my theory. That would have been a funny, like, uh, that would have been funny, like, one of those end of credits thing to have him show up with short hair and go, damn it. Yep, and upstage, Chris Hemsworth uh, can't have Well, 
Matt Damon's in it. Sam Neill is in it. Matt Damon. Like I, I love the Sam Neill thing. Sam, who? Where's Matt Damon, Dingus? Matt Damon's playing Loki. On what? Stage. No, that's the Loki actor. No. Yeah. No. What? Because I, I know that. that that was a Hemsworth playing Hemsworth, and I, I Sam Neill was hilarious. Sam Neill just worked with Taika Waititi in uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, and I don't like that movie, but Sam Neill is great in it. Like, it's a great wow. Sam Neill performance. Um, are you, that was Matt Damon. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, yeah and, the, and the guy sitting next to me who had, like, five kids with him, he leaned over to me. I'm, I was there with my kid, and he's like, is that Matt Damon? I'm like, yeah, that's Matt Damon. A random dude, like you didn't know him. It's no, a but dad. If you're dads, you talk to each other. Yeah, we're two dads. Talking you to got each a kid. Other. I got a kid. Damon. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, that was Matt Damon. He, he looked a little puffy, but that was Matt Damon. Right. Yeah, he took a break <laughs> from doing Suburbicon to do a day on the set of. Uh, Thor I like Hopkins as Odin. I mean, as as Loki as Odin. I liked Hopkins as Loki. That's what I'm trying to say. Wait, and then ha- Oh, 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 right, 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 right. Eating grapes. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he seemed really now, energetic. And the next time we see him, he's like, ugh. Had, had Jeff Goldblum's character been teased in any other movies, or am I just confusing him with The Collector? No, he had been. He'd been, he'd been in something else. We'd seen The Grandmaster before. Like, I just can't oh, remember. Guardians, probably? I thought maybe, we had. Maybe but Volume 2. Are you sure I, we're not confusing him with Benicio Del Toro's The Collector? You know, I, I I was tempted to think that, but I I am almost certain that we've seen him before as the Grandmaster. I thought I he, who else goes to space? You know, I wonder if it's the end of uh, <laughs> of Guardians of the Galaxy that that end of Guardians of the Galaxy two where they cut to all sorts of different people and cameos. Oh, I, I think you're right. Maybe he was one of them, which I would make sense. Right. Yeah. Uh, I was a little disappointed uh, that the voice of the Stone guy. Um, wasn't so. Uh, there, there's a, <laughs> wasn't Charlton Copley? No, but I, I'm not surprised you thought that. I was thinking uh, Reese Darby, who plays the oh. manager and the oh. manager in Flight of the Concords. He's in uh, <laughs> What We Do in the Shadows, and, uh, and he's yeah. hilarious. And I love his accent. And at times I was wondering, that's got to be Reese Darby, right? But unfortunately, <laughs> it wasn't. It was the let's do. Himself. Let's do roll call. <laughs> Piss off, ghost. <laughs> I, I, I could not place him, but I kept thinking, maybe it's Charles Copley. I don't know, but I would not have thought of that one. But that one's a much better guess, Tom. I'm disappointed that they couldn't get Reese Darby for a little part. That's sad. I get New Zealand and South Africa mixed up. I, I did, it kind of sounded like he was doing a South African accent. Like, it didn't sound even geographically. The, well, they're, they're south of the equator. That's really – they all sound the even same. Even though Africa's in one of the names, I still get it mixed up. Geographically. Wait, what? Africa's not in New Zealand. Oh my God. Okay, Kelly, want to have a question for you? Good writing or bad writing? Good. I'm not as strong as you. No, you're stronger. Uh bad. Oh my God! Yeah, that's the. One that was, I'm, glad that it, I'm glad that it took two hours to get to a clunker. By yeah. the way, like at least everything up to there. But I was like, wait a minute. If you if you're stronger, then you are as strong as someone, and yeah. then more. It's, it's like the word invaluable. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's the English language. You People in Australia might be new to it, but look it up. That Don't doesn't work. say that like it's profound. That's something Forrest Gump would say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not Obi-Wan or Yoda. Yoda wouldn't say that. Yoda would go, what the fuck are you talking about? 
also uh, the the Norway scene. I was like, "What? This is going to be your Norway? It's dude standing on grass looking at the like? Give us some fjords or something majestic." It, it looked really like they shot. Like they, they took the the white cliffs of Dover and just painted them gray for this. Yeah, yeah, and and, and didn't even show the cliffs; just showed the shot of the ocean. Yeah, I'm like okay. <laughs> Wait, that's Asgard, Norway, though, isn't it? What are you talking about, Asgard? No, you think there's a Norway in Asgard? Yeah. No, there's no. not. Which Norway? <laughs> Earth. Uh, which Norway? It, it's the they're the Earth. It's the sh- where they're talking to Anthony Hopkins. They're in Norway. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, they fight there. In the I thought maybe movie. it was a Matrix Norway. They fight though. in Norway in the first movie. Did it look better? <laughs> no, it looked flatter. <laughs> really disappointed in Norway. Been on that day. I mean, How look do you what's... feel about Point Break, Tom? Um. Yeah. No. I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know That's what? Josh, here's the deal. It was uh they they were they were using a Joss Whedon joke, and I approved. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They did a few like when Loki went. Now you know how it feels. That was a right. Callback. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You're okay with that, right, Dingus? Oh yeah, I loved yeah. it because I I I actually said that to my kid as we were walking, and I'm like, don't worry, yeah, yeah, you got a bad, you got a mad, you got a bad swing. Uh, Point break, whatever. Uh, and then we sat down, and then it went, and then it happened. Loved Your that. son has no idea what Point Break is, though, right? No, he should. But he yeah. knows the Avengers because he's seen it tons of times. Right, right. But that joke from the Avengers to people to children wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, you don't it's know for it. us. Well, you know what? Oh, that's you know. Hold on, hold that thought. Point Break was remade, remake. so children do know what it is. But ah. they don't have those kind of haircuts, so I know, right? Make sense. They didn't have the Swayze haircut. That's true. How do, how do you feel about why would I not like Mainframe? I don't remember that line. Is that? that Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum's joke to – I loved Rachel House, by the way, his sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his joke to Topaz uh, when her name was talking Topaz. about slaves. Yeah, her, her name is Topaz. And she's like Mainframe. She doesn't get a why, payoff. Why would I not like Mainframe? And uh, she's like, sorry, prisoners with jobs. Right. I, no, I love she that. Doesn't, uh, Kelly Wan, she gets a payoff in Hunt for the Wilder People. There's a lot of her in that. Is she executed by the revolutionaries? Oh, I bet you're right, Kelly Wand. That's, that's I thought dark. maybe the, the spaceship chase was maybe a little long. That's when I started going, but I liked it at the beginning. I don't know. The orgy ship's fine, I guess. It there was a lot of jumping out of shit. Had fireworks. Yeah, right, that's good. Forget that. Forget what I said. <laughs> I was I was a little disappointed that I I thought what the music was going for is that uh, whenever they were on Sikar, the electronica ooh, stuff, which I enjoyed, was stuff that Jeff Goldblum had composed. <laughs> like that, that was the theme for that planet. But then uh, they go to Asgard and there's still the electronica. Um, well, does that make sense? Because he goes behind like the little DJ stand. No, no, he definitely, yeah, yeah, exactly. He definitely goes back there and he does a little bit. Um, so I was like, okay, this is what, and and we hear on uh, Tessa Thompson's ship radio when she's bringing Thor in, we hear. I think she's listening to music like that. Um, wow. So, but then we get to uh, the battle on Asgard, and it was part of the soundtrack, which I disapprove. 80s sci-fi, 80 mus- 80s music. That's so much more than I expected from this movie. I'm yeah, so yeah. pleased I'm, I'm okay. by that surprise. And the second the credits came up and I heard the Flash Gordon guitar riff, I went, yay, this is going to be awesome. And I didn't even know it was going to be funny yet. I'm just like, the visuals are going to be awesome. And then the jokes started coming instantly, and I'm like, oh, the whole movie, did, really? Did you guys say awesome. something about a, 
a Doctor Strange thing at the end? No. Oh, what? okay. I thought I might have missed one. No, I think uh, I said something about we don't know who the voice is at the end during the Doctor Strange thing. That was in the actual uh, – that was in one of the other movies. It might have been in oh, the oh, Doctor Strange okay. movies. It was, okay. a, it was a tag from another movie, and you didn't see. And so uh, what I found out today is I was looking at like different things because I, I couldn't remember. One of my favorite little exchanges was, oh, so uh, there's Wizards on Earth, huh? And he says something like, I prefer the term master of dark arts, but I couldn't really put the line together. And when I was trying to look for that line, what I found was all of these people talking about um, having seen that at the end of uh, of another movie. I think it was at the end of Doctor Strange, but not seeing who he was talking to. It, but it sounded like a deep Asgardian voice. And so all the uh, comic book nerds were were suggesting that maybe he's going to be in the Thor movie, and, and that's how they're going to get these into each other and those kinds of things. Um, Do we know anything no, about not. what the big old ship is? Like, what are we supposed to infer yeah, from I don't that? Know what that is. Okay. Well, what I, what I, when I leaned over to my son and I said, oh, is that – is that Thanatos' ship? And he goes, uh, maybe, but that's not a thing. <laughs> Wait, what's that, you that mean? I think that, that it's Thanos. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> so actually, my, it, you tell your son it is a thing. It's just not a thing in the Marvel universe. Right. Enter the dragon. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so my kid schooled me on the Marvel universe. Right. Uh, and how did we feel about Kate uh, Blanchett as a villain? Loved Again. her. Loved her. Loved her. Loved her powers. Loved her personality. Loved her. She's, I'm, she was bummed when they didn't like her when she first showed up. And she goes, I thought you'd be glad to see me. Like, she really thought the Asgardians. And yeah, she, yeah, right, right. It was kind of poignant. Um, and I liked her powers, and she was tough, and she was funny. Well, she was a, she was a goth chick necromancer. Yeah. Which I like, yeah. You know, I, I kept getting weirded out by her because of, the, of her physicality, that weird thing that she does with her hands splayed out to the sides. But <laughs> I think that's I think, what necromancers have to do. Yeah. I, I, I know. I, I, and I think that I was thinking that she's just aping something that she that from another movie, but I think it's from video games. I think there's there's a fighting character who does that, and I think you might have referenced it earlier, maybe. I don't know, but I think that that, like, handout thing is something that I've seen in one of the fighting video games you've made me play. You uh, could also, the, it's a, it is a non-faked physical gesture. It is. The, the horn, the horn head did remind me of, yeah. um, I don't know, Melissa <laughs> or something, but, um, but it was, it was great to, to see two, two characters from Lord of the Rings sneak into this movie. Two characters. Uh, Who's the other one? Carl Urban. Ah, Oh, he's Eomer. 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 No, oh, ha, ha, I think it sucks at Lord of the Rings. Uh, Martin Sokas is Celeborn, isn't he? Yeah, you're right. Very yeah, good. he's Eomer. Eomer, whatever. He's yeah. a Rohirrim, Dingus. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Horse Lord, right. His he's sister's... also Judge Dredd. But she does, yeah, but yeah. It's, she's it's bringing a little Galadriel to this, you have to admit. Well, there's a little Galadriel everywhere. Dark frankly. Galadriel. Yeah, good point, actually. Does her carpet match that hat? One, two, three, not only you and me, got 180 degrees, and I'm caught in between, counting one, two, three, Peter Pan, Mary, 
people want to ask. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Dingus, so your your son uh, liked it, right? Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. The hat was, I think everybody, yeah, the hat was awesome. Right? Was he bummed that Mjolnir got destroyed? Was he like, what? Because he hated when Iron Man blew up his costumes for love. Right. Right? No, you, you know what he didn't like? And this is spoiler territory. He didn't like that um, all of the Renfair people got killed. He was really upset by that. Renfair people? All right, so if you remember the first movie... Uh, Thor's happy bunch of Oh yeah, Tadano- Tadanobu Asano. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, Ray Stevenson. And there was a chick somewhere, right? The chick was a- AWOL. Like, yeah. did she die already? Sith, or did Sith, she just- Sith wasn't in this, unfortunately. But he was really upset. He's like, they can't, they can't kill them all off. Was Sith a Valkyrie? No, uh, but she was... I was bummed she wasn't in it a lot. She was Valkyrish. Um, but he was really... <laughs> pretty upset that they were uh, that they were just sort of, sort of summarily dispatched. He was like, they can't do that. They, they can't do that. This is and a rogue I, one. Well, it's a comic what, book. They'll just they'll use a resurrection spell. Right. right. Well, that, well, that's what I said was it, since she went down in the basement and used the eternal flame to resurrect the dog, I mean, all bets are off. But he was upset by that. He was upset by the fact that uh, especially uh, what is the name? Tanago Tadanabu Osano. No, Tadanabu Asano. It's one of the few yeah. Japanese names that I, I feel comfortable saying. Like yeah. Akira Kurosawa, Tadanabu Asano. You didn't sound uh, comfortable. I, you know, right? I'm let it say it. Correctly. Throw throw me another one, and then I'll be I'll show you uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I love that he uh, survived as long as he did. But it was really upsetting for Kieran. And I'm going to get him were just dispatched. Uh, I was I was sitting next to – I went on a Sunday afternoon, so I don't know what I expected. But there was a little tiny child next to me who must have been mm, five years old. Uh, and he was having a great time, which was fine. I was okay with that. But at a certain point, he was super bored, and he was climbing all over his seat. And he was right next to me, and his dad was on the other side of him. And his dad just wanted to pay attention to the movie. <laughs> he wanted no part – Dealing with this kid, and his kid would talk to him, and you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, Shut so, up, Thor's in a cage. Yeah. <laughs> this could really suck. But he was clearly too young. What did I, I saw an R-rated horror movie recently. Death Day. Uh, maybe it was Happy Death Day, although that's PG-13. No, what? I definitely – oh, no, no. Oh, my God. When we saw Jigsaw, oh. a couple comes in with two boys – who must have been like like six and and eight. They'll love I it. Could not Lord. freaking believe it. I wait. That makes me. That actually makes me want to get them to stay to like watch them watch it. Like, all right, parents, let's see, let's see, watch. Let's well, watch you don't action. believe there should be ratings for anything, so no, I know, and this is why. But oh. let's see, the ratings was the ratings were useless for them. The ratings did, did, did nothing to help that family. Well, the, I mean that right, but the, the rating they don't use the ratings. It's the thing they don't care. Exactly. They they care as little about the ratings as you do, Kelly Wan. Yeah. But you shouldn't be showing it. You shouldn't be taking a six year old to Jigsaw. Right. No. Since you're off the hook for it, you get to watch what happens. <laughs> so the funny thing is, like we, you know, none of us like Jigsaw. I don't think it was scary. And I, I did, it, it basically, Jigsaw is. Uh, you, you don't care about the characters. I mean, the thing is, this right, yeah. maybe this six year old is going to be freaked out by some of the gore, and that'll make These an impression on him. Characters are very cardboard. 
but there's no, it's nothing that you couldn't see in a dumb video game that I'm sure he's played, like a Mortal Kombat video game that that's M-rated, by the way, right? Rightfully so. But I was just I couldn't believe he... that they, they I didn't say anything. No, no, did the kids do anything or say anything? Well, that's the thing is I don't think the kids were I think they were just more bored bored than anything else because it was it was a terrible movie. Like just take the off your heads. That's problem solved. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't take my twelve year old to that. That's crazy. No. I I wouldn't take a forty year old to that. It's I would take a live person, to it, but I would yeah. take a dead person. I wouldn't take there. Dingus to that, Kelly Wand. <laughs> I would. Yeah, I know you would. Yeah. The Kelly guy Wand. Next to me, who asked if it was Matt Damon? By the way, he had literally he had five kids with him, and they were in line. And when Four one kids. of them would like start talking, he'd be like, "Hey," and they would just. Uh, I like your quiet. friend, Dingus. I like your friend. I like this yeah. guy. Yeah. And then afterwards, hey. one of the kids lost something, and he had to come back in with a flashlight to try to find it. He's so upset. Poor guy. That the, of the five-year-old next to me, when the movie was over, the, the dad had to get his flash, his cell phone flashlight out and look under the seat for something. Yeah, kids mm-hmm. went, kids dropping things out of their pockets all the time, I guess. Yeah. Did the dad say hey the way Nicolas Cage said it to the guy on fire and knowing that ran past him? <laughs> way too hey. obscure. Hey. Hey. I know. No one's seen that movie, but us. Good point. Right. Uh, a real yeah. quick public service announcement, by the way. Um, Lady Bird is not a biopic about Eleanor Johnson. I was delighted to discover. Who's Eleanor Johnson? Uh, Lyndon Johnson's wife. Uh, Lady- yeah, she has the same wife's name as Franklin. I was, Eleanor I was really confused by that because there is an LBJ movie out now. Wait, who is Eleanor Roosevelt's uh, – Wait, Eleanor – it's Eleanor Roosevelt as Lady Bird, right? Not Lyndon Johnson's wife. I thought it was Lady Bird Johnson. Oh, my God. Well, whatever oh God. the situation is, it's not a biopic about a first lady. Oh, okay. I, was re- I was relieved to find out, and I know Dingus saw it as well, so that's not it's a It's not about Melania? Oh, that's a bummer. Oh, I could just imagine Trump playing her Lady Bird. Uh, Lady, lady Bird is the prequel to Frances Ha. Hmm. You mean thematic or literal? Very interesting. Uh, a little of both, because Greta Gerwig wrote uh, Francis Ha, and Noah Baumbach directed it, and Greta Gerwig wrote and directed uh, Lady Bird. I, I think Alexandra's going to love to hear that you said that. Yeah. She, Did you know? she was really, she's really keen on, was really keen on you seeing the movie, and and just took me to see it uh, as a surprise. So um, I think she's going to like hearing you say that. And you didn't care for it. Please. <sighs> Dingus, it's it's a, it's weird seeing Hannah all grown up, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> I mean, she's so good. It's also weird. I I was listening to this. So, uh, Saoirse Ronan is the lead actress in uh, Lady Bird. She is uh, Irish. She's very Irish. I was listening to the whole movie, and uh, let's see, Gerard Butler, uh, Jim Sturgis, uh, everyone else from England and Ireland and Scotland. Watch Saoirse Ronan say the word anything. She yeah. does it correctly. She knows how to sound American. Uh, take lessons. She, uh, yeah, she. You'd never guess she was Irish in that. Did Did you know who Lucas Hedges was? Oh, I meant to look him up. I know him from something. What What do I know him from? I didn't either. I, I, it was bothering me the whole movie. He's the Manchester Union, the Manchester by the Sea kid. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Good. Well, uh, yeah. she had to look it up for me because I couldn't figure it out. And I, I also couldn't remember what I'd seen. I mean, I've seen Tracy Litz and a ton of things, but I couldn't remember what I'd last seen him in. And it's a terrible movie called Indignation that I didn't like very much. But um, 
but I really liked him as the dad. Tracy Letts is good. So I've mentioned this to you guys before. Uh, there's a movie, the not the one about the car, uh, called Christine with an amazing Rebecca Hall performance, and Tracy Letts is great in Christine. Yeah. Uh, I love that guy. He's a playwright uh, first, but uh, I love he's, seeing him act. Yeah, he's a playwright, but I I often sort of think of him in not so friendly terms because August Osage County I think is painful, um, but he's so good as an actor. You like you like Killer Joe. True. That's Tracy Letts. You might I'm even like Bug. Dingus, how do you feel about a movie or a play where Michael Shannon and Ashley – no, shoot. Judd. Ashley Judd are in a hotel room freaking out for two hours. Well, 90 minutes. I'm good. Can I see it on stage? It's called Bug. Nope, you got to watch it in a movie. It's Tracy Letts' movie. Did you swallow it? Ah, very good, Brando. Yeah. Kelly Wan, my God, why aren't we doing the 3x3 three three already? What's going Sorry, on? Sorry, guys. No, what? it's Kelly Wan's fault. Yeah, sorry. Uncalled for. <laughs> uh, this week's topic is the three best passage of time reveals in movies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. I don't disagree. Dingus, why don't you start us off by it's giving us your number sorry. three pick for this week's 3 by 3 All right. I didn't know what to do. Not my so... finest hour. Well, what did you – what what – inspired it because i think you even said just like in blah blah what did we oh jigsaw oh my god yeah so jigsaw has a passage in time reveal (laughs) oh my god that's my number one oh wait i'll say that (laughs) no i can't tell you because my number one is the inspiration and i have a ulterior motive uh, i went with uh i don't know a, a different interpretation for each one my my number one choice is my absolute favorite um the others are what did you say? <laughs> Go to right. jail. This Fine. is already. Uh... My others are sort of like character revelatory. Um, I guess they all are. Uh, so anyway, the number three would be the the quote would be ten years, ten years, ten. And this is uh, the moment in Gross Point Blank when um, Jeremy Piven is driving John Cusack. Uh, to look around at houses and this is this is we we know that this isn't a reveal to us it's more of a reveal um in a way of jeremy piven understanding holy f this has been 10 years since i saw you what have you been doing and so john kuzak's character says i went a little nuts i joined the military i worked for the government and now i work for myself as an assassin. That's basically what he says. And then he's like, oh, cool. That sounds like a great thing. And then Jeremy Piven again goes, 10 years, 10. And I just love the way he yells that 10 years, because for him, they, they, they trade these like these little bits of, oh, you look great. Yeah, you look great too. Dude, are you still with, no, no, I'm not with her anymore. Whatever happened with so-and-so? Oh, so-and-so did such and such. And, and that's when the the weight of that 10 years for him, this is the 10 years for Jeremy Piven. He's been driving around this sad little town, gross point blank, selling houses. He's got a BMW. He's doing fine. He looks okay. Um, but for him, it's been 10 years. And so for me, that's, uh, that's not like – I don't think that's what you meant at all. I think it's more like look at your watch. Oh, my god. So much time has passed. But this for him, this is – 
this is a personal reveal for him. This is 10 years of his life that has just passed. Kelly Wan, are there any sort of judicial actions required here? I'm pretty sure Dingus didn't meet the reveal part of the criterion. <laughs> <laughs> I totally uh, agree with you. He's redeemed by his passion, so that makes me one Well, Dingus is going to get up for everything then. Every, no. Anything Dingus picks, he will not be convictable for. No, because when he doesn't like the topic, sometimes he'll just punt out of spite. But he didn't this time. He got he thought of something he really liked. All right, so. all right. No, uh, I, li- guys- I like this topic. I just couldn't think of things that were worthwhile. I don't think, unfortunately. So, do you guys know who Lucky McKee is? Yeah, uh, is, is he? Didn't he do Mother? Uh, no, he did. Uh, no, that's Darren Aronofsky. He did uh, a movie called May uh, with oh, Angela yeah. Bettis, and he did a movie called a The Woman. Woman. So his last movie, which I was super psyched to see, it's called Blood Money, and I knew that John Cusack was the villain in it, and it's something where like it, some kids find his money and he hunts them down. It's like, okay, Lucky McKee's doing it. It's terrible, by the way, but the awesome thing about Blood Money is John Cusack I, – I, I'm fascinated – by whatever is going on with John Cusack's career at this point and the kinds of roles he's doing. So he's, he's starting to – like he's losing some of his hair on his forehead, and I think he's super self-conscious about the receding hairline because he's always wearing hats. And in this movie, he wears like a scarf on the top of his head, and I, you know that's okay. Like it looks kind of like he's trying to be hip, but his character in this movie – He's like a D.B. Cooper type guy who bails out of an airplane with a bunch of money and in, into the wilderness. But unfortunately, he's a super hapless villain, and I love villains like this because he loses track of where the money is, and these three kids who are camping, they find it. And so he has to get it back from them, but he's terrible at being a villain. Uh, and when he first comes across them, he doesn't realize they found his money. He's in the woods. He doesn't know where his money is. These are just kids hiking, uh, and he's like watching them and thinking, you know, should I come out? And so one of them sees him and spots him, and uh, she says, oh, hey, and she's a little surprised. He's like, oh, hi. Uh, do you have any cigarettes? Like he asks these people hiking in the woods, and he's out of breath. Do you have any cigarettes? And she's like, uh, no, I don't. Uh, and she calls her friends over. And he's like, oh, hi. Uh, do you guys have any Oxy? And they're like, what? Oxycontin? Do <laughs> you have anything like that? No? All right, okay, see you later. And he runs off. And then later <laughs> they find his money, and he's trying to like get his money from them. And when people get killed, it's because a gun accidentally goes off. Like he accidentally shoots a sheriff in the head because he's holding the gun wrong. Uh, he's a terrible villain in it. And anyway, at one point, the lead actor in this, and this tells you all you need to know about the movie Blood Money, a fellow named Elar Coltrane – who, uh, who uh, is in? Um, shoot, what's the thing? What's the thing where uh, Linkletter lets the boy grow up for twenty years? Boyhood. Boyhood. Right. 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 So Boyhood is the the it, uh, Linkletter decided. Okay, I'm going to follow this little kid until he gets older, and we're going to make this movie over thirteen years. And the kid turned out to be a real dud. Like, <laughs> and that's Elar Coltrane. This is him's segueing into an acting career apparently and he's terrible in it uh anyway so dingus i'm sorry your gross point blank uh reference just reminded me of it's really fascinating seeing john cusack try to play villains uh these days i I have a lot of goodwill for him like even when he's terrible i enjoy there's a that uh stephen king adaptation the cell did you ever see that kelly wand i started it it's awful but i love watching john cusack flail through it did you see War Inc. that I think he wrote no. or something? Yeah, see. There's a good thing with uh what's her name? Hillary Duff. Haley Duff? 
Haley Duff. Duff. With, with John Cusack? Yeah, she's in that. <laughs> All right, I'll have to see it. Or she broke herself. To be a John Cusack completionist. Done. Yeah. It's dumb. Don't see it. All right. Well, there, there, I, I, there are no passage of time reveals in Blood Money, I'm, I'm afraid. I like him in The Rock, and you don't like The Rock. I need to revisit that. I mean, I wish you'd uh, been so in Armageddon. Blood Money isn't your choice. All right. No, Blood Money is just a, a funny John Cusack. It's this idea of running the hikers in the woods and trying to act casual and saying, uh, do you have a cigarette? <laughs> like that's... And Lady Blood Fight's unrelated. No, Lady Blood Fight is really good. Blood Money, terrible. Here's a movie that's really good that has a time reveal of 57 years. And it's a good news, bad, bad news situation. And here you go. The good news is, here's your cat. The bad news is, You've been asleep for 57 years. And if we do the uh, director, not the director's edition, if we do the extended edition, you've been asleep for 57 years and your daughter's dead. It's uh, only so, 57? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was 90 or something. No, it's, I, I was right thinking it was. the core systems. I was thinking it was it was 70 for some reason. I got to seven. But it's only 57, and her, her daughter died at, at age 66. Uh, well, which, what is a classic one? It is a classic one, and I, I love. Uh, yeah, I, I just I love how how slimy Burke is watching him. Like when he realizes that nobody's told her that he's going to have to tell her. Like he does this look. Like, should I get up and go get someone to tell her, or yeah. like would that be too <laughs> the much? Worst person to find it out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. For like a brief moment, he looks out to the hall, and you know, like that's his character choices. He's thinking the opposite you know, of a meat suit. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. He's, uh, so that that's my third favorite is uh, Ripley's been asleep in Aliens for 57 years. Uh, that's in the regular movie, but of course it's only in the extended edition that you find out in the next scene that uh, she had a daughter. Now, here's a weird thing. I didn't remember this. It's a dream sequence. Yes, you guys know that? I do it remember It feeds this. directly yeah. into her dream sequence right. about the chestburster coming up. Yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe it's not true. Well, <laughs> maybe she dreamed it. We don't know. Uh, I like you. <laughs> I, and I like this theory. I think it's just cool filmmaking. <laughs> but I just took his uh-huh. reaction as disingenuous, not fearful. Like, like well, it's ironic. Because later he's going to, he's going to try and put her back to sleep. So it's kind of, it's sort of a, a foreshadow. Because he's just going to knock her back out with aliens in her. Spoiler alert. Like, like Dingus, you think that she that he knew no one told her? I, it just feels like that like actuary, actuary table-y kind of like, oh, nobody told you? Okay. Um, right, well, let me tell you. Because he, he wants to get something out of her. He's manipulating. Mm, right. Like, well, I, I mean, he's... At this point, the like they're not they're not going at this point he's just uh like her liaison for the deposition. Yeah. Like I I don't I don't think I mean mm. he definitely you're right. He's definitely like I said, it, you definitely see he's kinda weaselly at this point. But yeah, I don't, don't think the there, there's no idea at this point that they've lost contact with L V four twenty six yet, right. I don't think. Oh, at this okay. point he's just right. having to work with her to deal with the insurance company and the Interstellar Commerce Commission for the That's hearing. Because yeah, they don't right. believe her. Right, and, and then later they get her when they when there's this thing they're sending the Marines to LV four twenty six. Later, then he recruits her, I think. Um, but yeah, he's weaselly throughout, though. Uh, what did I just see him in? 
Wait, I've been watching a lot of Mad About You, I would guess. He's in Stranger Things. Ew. Bah. Right, exactly. That's what it was, Kelly Wand. Is a, an, an, a gr- an all grown up. Uh, who does he play? Somebody's like dad in that, right? Ugh. Forgot who no. But yeah, Paul Reiser. No, no, no. Is a, he oh, he's a doctor. Somebody's, he plays somebody's dad in something we saw recently. No, but he's a, I most recently saw him in Stranger Things, though, Dingus. Like he's a, he's a doctor or something. Jesus Christ. No, but we saw him in something. Damn it. He, he gets around. Paul Reiser. He's mad about you, Dingus. No, he You're plays like somebody's dad who's like appearing on stage, and he's totally annoyed that he's to go to the theater to see them. Sounds like Logan Lucky. <laughs> All right, well, Dingus, while you're thinking of that, tell us your, your – oh, no, Kelly well, Wand. Kelly while you're thinking of that, us. Kelly Wand, tell us your third favorite reveal of time. My number what, three. <laughs> Slow down. Wow. Back up. Rewind time. Slow your roll. I didn't put numbers next to it. I was in such a hurry. My number three is – it's the only. It's kind of one of the only things I like in this movie because most of it's shitty. But I really like in the movie Castaway when he – like slams an ice skate on his tooth and blacks out. And then um, the next thing you see is like a bunch of uh, chalk marks on the cave, like years have gone by. And then it cuts to like a fish in the water and then a spear just lands at it. And then it pans up to him and he's like 10 feet away. And you've seen him earlier. Like he's all fat and trying to stab a fish for like 10 minutes and he can't do it. And so now, you know, Oh look, now he's lean and limber and tan. And he's Does like, Robert hey, lean? Wow. That's one way to put it. Does Robert Zemeckis wow. put a title card in there? Uh, I think so. Okay, but you got to pretend that part's not there for my three by three to work. Well, no, the title cards are reveal. I mean, if you. I, yeah, but I like the. It's the spear and the fish that I see. Right. That he's suddenly gotten good. Well, not suddenly. That he's eventually gotten good at spearing fish. Right. Right. Well, when you <laughs> see an actor's change his weight, and you go, "Oh, they had to shoot this after," then you go. Oh, okay. Thanks for the workload. (laughs) (laughs) Then he gives on a truck. Speaking of mad about you. I almost chose both a Tom Hanks, um, another Tom Hanks thing, and well, never mind. I'm not going to spoil. Well, in that case, Dingus, give us your second favorite passage of time. All right, my second favorite passage of time uh, has the following quote to it. Uh, fella, you don't start playing ball at your age. You retire. And this is from the movie Blade Natural. Oh. Damn. What did you say? Blade Runner? Does retire? No? It's a sports thing, Kelly Wan. There's no sports in Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. retiring is a sports thing, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it what lawn is, bowling? What is, happen- what is happening right now? <laughs> Did you say it's right. lawn what bowling? What is it? Ghostbusters? Yeah, lawn bowling. It's from is The Natural. Oh. Gosh, darn it. Um, and it's it's a it's a great reveal to us as the audience because um, uh, Roy Hobbs is this up-and-coming pitcher. Uh, and um, he gets killed by this psychotic woman. I think her name is Hattie Bird, um, played by Barbara killed. Hershey. Uh, well, he doesn't get killed. He gets shot by her, but that derails his career. And we don't know for how long this happens or, wh- or what's, go- what's going on. And after, after he gets shot and uh, she dispatches herself, um, he is then uh, walking up to 
um, Wilford Brimley as the as the manager of the uh, New York Knights. Um, and what's great about this as a reveal, and what I, why I love this as a reveal, is that Robert Redford basically looks the same for the whole movie. <laughs> he doesn't look any younger at the beginning of the movie than he does when he goes into the dugout to go up to the manager and say, I'm your new right fielder. He, he wears himself differently. He holds himself differently. And the reveal for us is that um, 16 years have passed between when he got shot and he had to rehabilitate himself. I mean, this is in the 1920s. So it's not like today's modern medicine. So he had to rehabilitate himself. He had to work his way up through AAA ball or whatever to get himself, finally get himself another shot at being in the major leagues. And he gets to the New York Knights and it's 16 years later. And we find this out when he's standing in the dugout that, that he's 35 years old now. And, and this manager who's never won anything and has wanted to win and has worked so hard for this, and he's working against an owner who is sending him people like Roy Hobbs on purpose, paying guys to come to sandbag his team for nefarious reasons. Um, he gets this 35-year-old to be his bright fielder. And you understand that in this reveal that 16 years have passed since this shot happened and he shows up because you think the movie, at least I remember first seeing the movie, The Natural, thinking this is going to be that standard, oh, this guy's going to just move up through the ranks and be super great. He might face a little adversity, but whatever. But he gets shot and then 16 years? We have a 16 year gap? It seems so impossible to understand. Uh, but it's great to see um, uh, Robert Redford. Did I call him Robert De Niro earlier? You didn't. Uh, I don't Ro think so. We would have jumped okay. on you for that. Yeah. Right. Good. Uh, Robert Redford walk in with that fedora on, looking weary but ready to go, and having Wilford Brimley go, "Why are they sending me these guys? What's happening here?" Um, and I just love that. I love that it's 16 years, and you understand that because he's 35 years old at this point. Kelly, want any any legal action needing to be taken now? Because uh, I don't think he was that he wasn't nearly as passionate about this sports movie as he was about Gross Point Blank. Right, but it, the sad part is it's illegal. Right, right. Correct. Yeah, I can't see that being prosecuted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, well, Kelly, one, how about this? Not one? as exciting. Yeah. How about this one? This is the reveal that the passage of time has been thirty-seven minutes. <laughs> and the reason it's significant is because we just had a montage that is generally movie language for this is a long passage of time. And this is a great little bit in Spider-Man Homecoming where Spider-Man is locked in a vault that won't open until the morning. It's like this big federal depository thing where stuff is – and he, he gets trapped in there, and he then has a montage where he's talking to suit lady, Karen, like his, his suit AI. Uh, and there's a montage of him just playing around with his webs and chatting with her about his, his this girl that he likes – uh, and then trying to get out, and her saying, no, you can't get out, and then he's playing with more webs. And then we cut to him just sort of laying there waiting, saying, how much time has passed? And she says, it's been 37 minutes. And the joke is, the director just made us think that it was hours and hours, and it was 37 mm. minutes. 
Kelly Wand. That's done before, though. That what? Never, it, that's that's uh, got precedent, though, doesn't it? Wasn't? Did I'm sure it does. Like, I'm sure in I don't know Top Secret or something there was a joke like that. <laughs> but maybe in the Great Trade Robbery. I'm just <laughs> no, I think that uh, John think Watts made it his own in uh, Spider-Man good, Homecoming. Wait, what's his name? Isn't it John Watts, the uh, the cop car guy? Oh, I thought you meant you thought that Spider-Man's name. <laughs> Spider-Man's name <laughs> is Paul Parker. What saw's name? Jigsaw's oh. name. Jigsaw's oh. name is oh, is it is some uh, John Kramer? Ah, I remember. <laughs> Kramer <laughs> trolled me. Kramer. Is that right though? Is that really Jigsaw's yeah. name, John? Oh, my God, that's, that's the only part of the movie I understood. That's what's well, awesome know, about the movie. John Kramer. Because. Because the, that dude, uh, Tobin Bell, was in Seinfeld. I think it's everywhere in Seinfeld. That show ran on TV for like 30 years. Yeah, but his name is Kramer. Oh, oh I see. No, I didn't even make that connection. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't do TV. I read books. <laughs> Kelly Wan, what is your second <laughs> favorite? I think he needs to play games, but anyway. I don't know yeah. what you're on about, but I want to know your second favorite passage of time in a movie. My number two is from the motion picture King Kong, the old good one, because uh, it's the fastest. And it's where, uh, what's his name? John Denham goes, yeah, King Kong, uh, or just, his name will be in lights in six months. And then the next shot's like the words King Kong and on a marquee in lights. And it's like, you don't have to sweat how you get King Kong on a boat back to New York, because that's boring. Uh-huh. So yeah, get- lo- nobody cares about logistics. You do a time card because it's in the dialogue, so it's literally the shortest distance. Well, the also, shortest and the most weight transported quickly. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Could head- you could you draw this out on a do the math on a cocktail napkin for me, Kelly? Okay. <laughs> this is the word Kong, and there's a circle around it. <laughs> Questions? Uh, has so, there ever been a movie older than King Kong for a three by three? That's like 1933, right? I think I did uh, the rocket in the moon's eye for best wedding. Oh right, and I know I've done the the general, the Buster Keaton thing. That would I think have predated Kong, done, right? Um, the Magic Lantern, Leonardo da Vinci. Thing is, why don't you? Why don't you like older movies? You always only do new movies. You never do anything old in black and white, and in the fifties or forties or whatever. Do cave paintings uh, because I'm colorblind and everything's in black and white for me, so I don't discriminate. Nice. Wait, well, black and white, that's where it does the discriminating colors, though. That's where the issues lie. The color, if it's all color, then there's less discrimination. I think he's got you there, Dingus. Yeah. Dingus, I, I have a question for you. What is yeah. your favorite passage of time in all of movies? <laughs> all right, here's a quote from it. Eve, how old, how old are you now? I'm 15. Other. Do I know you? It's obviously Wally. Sweet 16 Candles. No, this is from a movie called Moon. And so the time reveal is that 15 years uh, isn't three years. So if you underst- if you remember the movie Moon, uh, the Sams are always told when they wake up that they're on a three-year contract. And finally, uh, as the movie unfolds, for various reasons, um, Sam figures out this isn't a three-year contract. 
his daughter Eve is 15 years old and the wife that he's trying to call Tess, Tess Bell, is dead. She's been dead for some time now because the company that has been populating the moon with workers hasn't been bringing new workers. They've been cloning them. So it's this reveal to Sam that this isn't three years. Uh, three years is a, is a lifespan, but what he understands is that the time reveal is that his daughter is 15 years old now, and he's been lied to all this time. So this is my absolute favorite time reveal in movies. I'm thinking, I haven't seen Moon. Is, is any of that a spoiler? No. Okay. I, I need to see that movie. I know you're fond of it. I should probably. You really it should point. see it at some point. And then <laughs> where's it take also, place? You yeah. see, it takes place in a place called Vinyan. Interesting. Hang on. The. All right. Uh, my favorite time uh, reveal. This, this, just like Dingus's movie, is named after the the setting of the movie. This movie is also named after where the movie takes place, and the time reveal is winter. But wait for it, five years later, dot, dot, dot. And this is a title card at, uh, the, end of, uh, at the end of La La Land where you uh, – first of all, he does the, – the first winter title card is, uh, is a great pick just because it says so much about L.A., the scene that we've just seen, how bright and sunny it is, and even what the, the, the lyrics are. And then the title, it says La La Land, you know, that's where we are. And then it says winter. And, and that's kind of the joke that winters in Los Angeles are like this. But it ends with a title card saying winter five years later. And we in the audience are going, whoa, whoa, wait, what? Five years later, that seems like we were on the verge of some very significant developments. Don't we get to know about those? Why are we skipping all of this? Hold on here, Damien Chazelle. What do you think you're trying to get away with? And uh, then you find out. Oh, Damien Chazelle. What about him? He did Whiplash. Right. Yeah. And that was Paul Reiser. That was the, that's the Paul Reiser movie. Oh, very good. Yes. It's, uh, sorry, I'm it's sorry Miles to interrupt Teller's you. dad. It's, it's Miles Teller's dad. And, yeah, and he's not like he's a likable uh, character, isn't he? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I just uh, – I theoretically jumped in. I apologize, but – uh, No, that's a, that's a good – yeah, we, we didn't see that recently, but yeah, that's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Right. Anyway, no, 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 no. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That was the one? That, that's the one I was thinking of where recent. the father is sitting there. It, well, it feels recent to me because I love Whiplash so much, and he's sitting in the well, theater. Well, it's a great part, too. It's not like the – and this is one of the great things about Lady Bird, by the way. It's not one of those coming-of-age movies where it's like, oh, my parents don't understand me, and they're just going to be peripheral characters who are uh, either ineffectual, right. if not downright evil. Uh, and I, I like coming-of-age movies that really have a balanced treatment of – you know, sometimes parents are jerks. Sometimes they're not. They're probably smarter than you. Like I love that kind of thing. And uh, Whiplash is really good about that with Paul Reiser. I seem to recall, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and he comes and he hugs him. And he, I mean, yeah. You know, again, I apologize for stepping on what you were talking about, but I just got excited all of a sudden. Sorry. Well, no, I got to the end. So that means it's time for Kelly's favorite time reveal in a movie, and then. Hopefully, Kelly Wan, the listeners have sent in some anime synopses for you to read with plenty of proper names. Mm, I think they mostly seem perplexed by the concept of mm. the uh, topic. But um, my number one is the reason I did this topic, which is 
from the motion picture El Incidente. <laughs> she had me watch. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much I want to get into it. Yeah, you I know, can I can I change my picks now? I was hoping I can't believe this. Kelly's chosen this, and st- I thought for sure he was going to choose something else. Well, really? you haven't seen you haven't seen El Incidente because it is it is phenomenal, and the thing right. even mentioning that it's there is kind of a spoiler. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's more to the movie though. Like, but, that's but that, the thing. That I wanted is, you to explain it to me because there's one of the things I don't get. <laughs> well, it's a it's a shocking reveal, like truly shocking. I, uh, to the guy's credit, uh, yeah. What what did what did you need me to explain to you? Because I I can completely I can piranha 3D El Incidente for you. <laughs> uh, the bride. And the, okay, that part I can't explain. Yeah, I anything else? <laughs> Well, she's the, the she's the she's the very opening shot, and she's right. the one at the very end where he's he then moves on to that corridor. Nobody listening knows what we're talking about. There, there's a movie called uh, the the director's name is uh, he's, he's a I think Mexican fellow named Isaac Esbon, and he's done a few science fiction movies. And if you can find a copy, it's hard to find, but if you can find a copy of a movie called El Incidente, uh, it's 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 one of those like this word gets thrown around a lot, but I think it definitely applies here. It's truly mind blowing. Like, it yeah. is like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Wait, what? Huh? Right. It's kind of insane. Yeah. And that, as was a, your, that was one of your stairway picks, wasn't it? Yeah, it's got a great uh, stairway. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. before I'd seen it, and then I saw it and went, ah, Tom. Right, yeah. Ah, Bob. So, so suffice to say, it definitely is, uh, it, it's also a good bit. It's like a puzzle movie that doesn't have a neat solution, which can be okay. super aggravating, but it's... It's kind of the point. It's kind of important here that right, it doesn't have any solution. <sighs> See what Dingus did, Kelly Wand? Because Donnie Darko is annoying to me, and I want the El Incidente to be more like the fountain, which is cool. See, Donnie Darko, all you have to do, though, is see, like, realize that this guy's going to go on and make uh, Southland Tales and The Box. Like, uh, <laughs> That's okay. I'll watch. <laughs> I'll rewatch Donnie Darko and think of The Box. Yeah, that like, that tells you all you need to know about how much sense Darnie Darko. James Marsden. Yeah. <laughs> I am shocked at, at two things that neither of you uh, okay. picked. Well, you don't know if they're on the runners up. Let's let's see what the right. listeners say, and then we'll go to our runners up, Dingus. Right, yeah. fair enough. Maybe it's my number four. Whatever mm. you're thinking of. Maybe. Mm. Oh. <laughs> did Tough you did one. you really have a question that would be interesting to ask for people who haven't seen the movie? Because otherwise, I can talk to you later. But um, I don't think you know the answer now. I thought you did because you said something like, "It's really easy, dude. Like if you didn't get it, I can." Like, <laughs> like, really well, that, like and I'm like, "All right, good. That's if you're the expert, then I definitely want to." Well, no, it's things like, "What does the bride mean?" Well, like that, I don't know that I can answer. But I, as far as I, two are related a certain way, that's that's shown, and I don't know what the third one is. Yeah, we should talk about this another time. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, so what do, what do the listeners have? But as a time jump reveal, it's a great, it's an it's an iconic one. Like maybe the best one I've ever seen. Like it yeah. really belongs. Where I, I love it. how you guys have danced around this. It's perfect for me because I haven't like, seen it yet, and it makes me feel very happy. I don't, I don't think it's for Dingus. So no, I, I think Dingus should yeah. really Dingus should see Ellen Sedentic. No, I don't know because no. I think the I think he'd go like the family part would speak to him. <laughs> That's part. I mean, there's a certain horrificness to it that I think he would appreciate. But I don't don't think where the movie goes is something that would work for him. Maybe you said that about martyrs, and I disagreed. The incident, 
I still don't believe. I think he's humoring you about martyrs. No, he likes yeah, it. He's, no, he's humoring you. What? Yeah. He's you think he's trolling me on the? Yeah. On he really hated it. It's not for him. He doesn't like it. I think maybe at best <laughs> he was like, "Fuck you for telling me what I'm going to say." He <laughs> <laughs> was like a rebellious teenager. You right, right. like this? Yeah, right. Yeah, like if we hadn't said. Because Dingus kind of is to horror as a genre. He kind of is a teenager. Right. He's like he's exposed to horror. He's new to it. Yeah. He's a juvenile consumer of horror. He's like our demographic if we're horror writers and we're going to study what what Dingus works with scares. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So, Kelly Wand, uh, what do the listeners have for us? Arthur (laughs) Jelly writes. um, Did you just call him Arthur Jelly? No. I was going to say that's way easier to pronounce than I thought. Okay. Arthur Jovan and Jelly. No, I just heard the last part. Do you remember vermicelli? Did you ever have that? It's like a rice. Mm, no, I've had quinoa. I don't get that one. Quinoa is weird to me. I don't get it's, it. It's American. It's like a lame risotto. It's not. Oh, um, that's racist against um, no, Native Americans. It. Yep. You eat your white man rice. Kelly Wan, can we get some Bay Ling later on? Just just surprise us at some point with some Bay Ling. Yeah, try, try to work couscous into this, too. Uh, Arthur Jovada Jelly writes, I'm not entirely sure what these are, but here goes. Number three, the Grand Budapest Hotel. The final fate of Rafe Fines is not shown on screen. Instead, after Fines confronts the Germans, Anderson cuts to a time jump. After the jump, we see F. Marie Abraham telling Jude Law, then they shot him. I didn't see it. You told me not to see it, Arthur Jovan and Jelly, or Tom, I mean. Nobody told you not to see Grand Budapest Hotel. Tom totally told me not to see it. Or he told us we weren't going to do it. Nope, I never said that. All right. Don't make me listen to something. Number two, (laughs) Atonement. Just so we think that Kira Knightley and James McAvoy are going to have a happy ending, the movie Time Jumps into a modern talk show. During this time jump, Vanessa Redgrave reveals what really happened to Knightley and McAvoy's characters and why she changed the story in her book. Uh, number one, Arrival. This movie has a lot of time jumping, and it's the final reveal associated with the alien language and the way it changes the perception of time that I'm picking. Dennis Villeneuve is the best. Give him more Blade Runner-sized projects. See, that's where I really liked Arrival, and Tom broke up with it because he didn't think it was hard science enough, if I remember right. Nick D. writes, Hi, guys. Not sure if I did this right, but I chose to interpret a passage of time reveal as a moment in a movie where you're surprised when time passes or has passed in a way you weren't expecting. Number three, Castaway. Tom Hanks is marooned on a desert island and has another problem. He's got an infected tooth. Realizing it's not going to get better, he has to knock his own tooth out by holding an ice skate up to his mouth and bang on the end of it with a rock. As soon as he does this, the movie fades out and the title card comes up five years later, and we see the new Tom Hanks, 60 pounds lighter and wild-eyed. So there was a title card. Yeah. Wait, I think I said there is, and I said, but I'm not picking that. Right. So I just rewrote the rule book. I would have been happier if there if there was no title card. Sometimes you don't need one. Yeah, that's true. Because there were a bunch of chalk marks on the cave, and the observant right. viewer would have paused it and counted them. <laughs> <laughs> so you're punishing the, the counters. Number two, here's an exchange. Jesus Christ, you're stupid. Don't call me stupid, Andy. Well, don't be stupid then. 
In Shimmer Lake, things don't seem out of order after the first title card reading Friday appears, but after the second one reading Thursday, you realize how time is passing, which is a fun reveal. Yeah, thought about it. Because it's passing backwards, like Benjamin Button. Number one, in Moon, Sam Rockwell thinks that he's an astronaut who's three years into his contract. But after lots of shenanigans and discovery, he tries to call Earth, and it's revealed years have passed. His daughter's not 15 years old. See, Dingus, I slid over the uh, twist. Shenanigans. Chris Markardson writes, hey, guys, one of my picks is anime. Awesome. Here we go. Number three, your name. There's a passage of time that takes place. Number two, 2001 is face. See, Chris knows that we want to see that movie. Yeah. Well done, but it's, Chris. It's probably true, too, right? Number two, 2001 A Space Odyssey, The Passage of... Uh, this is pretty good. Fuck. That's what I thought you were going to pick, Kelly. It was so blinding, it was like I didn't notice it. 2001 A Space Odyssey, The Passage of a Few Million Years with a Match Cut is still pretty cool, even after all these years. Number one, Arrival. I really liked how the movie revealed that time passes differently for Amy Adams' character. Thanks, guys. Chris. Happy early birthday, Kelly. Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> and that's it. We're done with this topic completely. Oh, yeah, runners up. I mean, <laughs> the opposite of what I said. Tom, you have a runner up for passage of time reveal you'd like to share with the, the common man? Mm. I was eating something. Um, no. Uh, although... There's a movie called Rendition with Jake Gyllenhaal and Reese Witherspoon that has a kind of a cool reveal that uh, is point of the movie. But um, is that the one Sofia Vergara? Uh, Sofia Vergara in Rendition? Yeah. What are you talking about? No, she's in that movie with uh, she's in shoot. What's the thing with Reese Witherspoon? Where they uh, Wilder, something Wilder. No, and Wilder. Election. What is that called? Modern Family. Modern. No, they're on the run. Oh, she's just. Yeah. She's a spunky cop, and Sofia Vergara is like a drug lord wife. She's going to like be a witness at a testimony, and Reese Witherspoon has to get her to the courthouse, and they're handcuffed together. She anyway, could play Melania in uh, Avengers 3. She definitely could. Yeah. So at any rate, rendition has a cool but, – but otherwise, no, I have no time reveal uh, passage runners up. But my number one pick of El Incidente, though, I'm happy with that. Glad <sighs> I chose that as my number one. You're going to bump La La Land? Ooh. Well, they're co-number ones. They've already been bumped once from the number one. Now you're going to do it again. <laughs> you should have said, no, wait, my new number one's Moonlight. Oh, I should. Well, Which actually has some good ones, to be honest. That is true. Yeah. So. Dingus, is that one of your runners up? Moonlight. Which one? Moonlight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, I thought that you were going to pick something like Interstellar. Oh, yeah. gummit, I meant to. That's one I had in the chamber that I forgot about. Yeah, I love that bit where – and I forget what are the years – when they come up in the – I forget what the actors the, – the poor black guy they left in the spaceship when they yeah. go down to the tidal wave planet. That one's good. And he's like – he's fatter. Yeah, he's, and he's older and he's slower and he's like, I've been here for – He's really – he's bitter he's, about it. Well, he's no, he's so forlorn. He's like, I didn't know if you were coming back. All because like, Anne Hathaway tripped, idiot. 
Not no, that's not what happened. Yeah, that she trips in water. No, she don't. You can't trip in water. What's the matter with you? That's what I'm saying. She did the impossible. She didn't trip. She's got to go back and get the data. Kelly Wand, have you they, even seen it herself? Kelly Wand's the one that tried to tell me that the little that uh, uh, Jessica Chastain's character wouldn't know who Anne Hathaway's character was because they never met. Kelly Wand, they have scenes together. You don't know enough about that. You don't have she enough. About, you don't know show. enough about that movie to comment on it. I strike your comments from the record. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when he's trying to dock the ship? That was kind of like an A-team when Bradley Cooper's shooting the tank. It's nothing like A-team. Oh. <laughs> so demeaning that you would say it that. So See, demeaning. And shaking with myself, Kelly. That's what she said. Man will save us. <sighs> so, um, the Forrest Gump beard when he's running. That's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were thinking about that when you said it. <laughs> when I did the and, oh, Wait, well, hey, he said it. That meant he was thinking it. What do you mean you knew... I knew he was thinking about a Forrest Gump reference. I knew you were Sorry. thinking about that when you said it. That, do, do, no, no, when he said that earlier. That makes no sense. No. I know what you're thinking about when you talk because you're expressing what you're thinking. And I can when, tell. When I suggested um, something earlier with Tom. Oh, when you said yes, that. All right, you didn't make that clear. Um, also, for as far as like title card reveals, I love 28 Days Later. Oh, that's a good, yeah, that's a very good yeah. reveal. That's 28 weeks later, not so much. It's fine, yeah. but it's the 28 days later yeah, one that's like, ooh. I'm cards. Yeah, and I just love the, like, the music. Like, 28 days later. I like that. How does that music go again, Dingus? That John Murphy soundtrack do something? All right, yeah. My favorite passage of time is when the credits said Thor Ragnarok, and then it panned down to Thor in a cage. <laughs> also, John Bryan's music and Lady Bird is excellent. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Thank you. Come <laughs> I guess. All right, well, All right. Dingus, you're doing next next week's 3x3, three three, and uh, unfortunately, we will uh, be doing an abbreviated podcast next week uh, because of some travel situations, but we will not be having a 3x3, three three, which means the 3x3 the, uh, three three Dingus is telling you about, you have two weeks to think about it. Hmm. So whatever okay. Dingus is about to announce, make sure to send those picks in by November 19th at midnight. Sounds Pacific. like it's stunned Dingus, this revelation. Yeah. Well, Dingus, uh, what is it going to be? No. Okay, three best no's. Yeah. So unfortunately, I'm choosing something that's really easy. Uh, this is um, – and I should choose something that's more complicated since we're going to have extra time. But this is the one I came up with because of watching the original movie Thor. Because at the end of Thor, after Thor has you know smashed up the rainbow bridge um, and he's hanging off of it and uh, Loki is dangling from the staff and Odin is holding both of them up. Uh, uh, Loki's like, I could have done all of this for you, father. And and they have this tearful moment. And then Loki just lets go. And they yell, no! So these are your three favorite moments where somebody yells or says the word no. <laughs> hmm. That's not that easy, really. 
It's just one syllable, Kelly Wand. Come on. It is. It's one syllable. It's a fairly is common it? line in movies, by the way, also. I think a lot of movies feature that line. Right. But these are your favorite versions of that. And when when uh, when Odin's like, no, and Thor's like, no. That's two I, one different ones. I love that. So these are your favorite no's. I don't know what we're seeing next week. Oh, yeah. Well, Dingus, what if people want to participate? What if people uh, have some ideas? Because they might. They have two weeks. If anybody has things that they like where somebody says the word no or yells the word no, which I really would prefer. uh, But there might be some interesting, like, little silent or not silent, but quiet no. Um, I I love that moment where somebody yells no. Uh, If you have any of those, please write in to uh, quarter three. By doing three by three at quarter three dot com. That's three x three at quarter to three dot com. Uh, and we will be. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, we will be seen in uh, a matter of days. So, uh, if you want, you can send us any comments you have about the movie Wheelman, as long as they get to us by Wednesday, November eighth at midnight. Uh, but otherwise, uh, stand by and we'll let you know next week what we're seeing the week that we do this three by three. So join us next week for an abbreviated uh, quarter to three movie podcast for Wheel Man, which just came out on Netflix. And the week after that, uh, I don't know what we'll see, but I do know that we'll be doing a three by three of our favorite no's, preferably yelled. <laughs> join us for that. My name is Tom Chick. I have been here with Christian Malinsky. It's Christian Murawski. And Kelly Wand. Uh, Thor is the god of storms, which is water. So Hulk's right. If I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning. I'd hammer in the evening. All over this land, I'd hammer out danger, I'd hammer out warning. I'd hammer I saw Thor on a box of cornflakes, by the way. So it's like thorn flakes. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Oregai 6? Is that a question, Yes, sir? Walter, that's a question. That is correct. Dingus, maybe that big ship at the end of Ragnarok's the uh, Alien Covenant. It's in my brain now.